fucking sand nigger fucking pieces of shit. Fuck all of you. My son. Fuck you, you sand nigger bitches. You are shit. All of you are shit. I knew he was going to use Shwamo. Tis I, the prince of podcasting, the bipolar rock and roller. The West Virginia rattlesnake. You know, that could have been his nickname. Should have been. I was I was wanting to call him that for weeks, and then one week I, I remember to call him that. He didn't show up, so then I just took it. Yeah, I think it was in the, the Bahamas just that point. <laughs> yeah, you were on a cruise or something. Spending all this podcast money, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to spend it all the year you get it Or they won't give you more next year Yeah, there's a budget And if you go under the budget, then that's, guess what? That's all you get for the next year yeah. He lost he, he lost Anyway, I'm here And of course, America's favorite uh, interspecies slash interracial couple Well, this week, they've been suspended for conduct unbecoming of podcast uh, co-hosts Because that was Elena on that video Shocking. In a Target Shocking I didn't know she had that in her. I didn't either. I thought she was only racist against the blacks, the Mexicans, the Jews. Well, she's racist. See, what happened was uh, they have popcorn at the Target, as we all know. Great popcorn. But she wanted kettle corn. It's not Hill's popcorn. Uh, it's not Hill's popcorn. No, it's a pale imitation of Hill's popcorn. Allow me to introduce the rest of the people that are with us here. (laughs) Uh, Of course, the... Aaron and Elena have been suspended. Aaron just by proxy. Indefinitely. Yeah, just in, I mean, we just until we figure out what's going on. We need <laughs> to figure out what the hell on. is going on. And uh joining us is the world's greatest comedian that we know personally, Andy Frampton. Hello everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Those dulcet tones. Yes. And uh <laughs> to my right, I don't know where people imagining that they're sitting with us imagine think where they sit, but he's to my right. Former Intercontinental Champion. It's old Chucky Tater Six over there. <laughs> you know Fifteen the, minutes. You know the story about him being the Intercontinental Champion? I have never heard I've heard references to it, never heard the actual 1987. story. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh what how far into the show are we? We are two minutes, three minutes. Okay. I definitely lost the bet I made before I came up here then. <laughs> how long would it take before we start talking about wrestling? Yeah, my my, my roommate. <laughs> My roommate said, this is like, what, the fourth time you've got out there? I said, yeah. He said, how long do you think it'll be before you start talking about wrestling? I said, I'm going to go out of my way to try and make it like at least 10 minutes. Fool's errand, sir. Fool's errand. Too late. I mean, last time you were on, we started off the show with wrestling. Yeah, we did. We did. So so you killed the Honky Tonk Man and became the Intercontinental Champion, apparently. Honky Tonk Man, it was, what, 1987, Auburn Hills, Michigan. Yeah. And um, it was a house show. And rarely you see title changes on house yeah, shows. It was rarely. more common in the 80s. Yeah. But uh, Honky had taken some dynamite pills in the back. Him and, right. Vir- him and Virgil were tight. A lot of people he, didn't know that. He was on the go fast. Yeah. And uh, it was a spot called and uh, for Chuck to roll up Honky Tonk Man and get a two count for a little bit of heat because he's obviously a jobber. Yeah. Right. Just a little hope spot for him. And then uh, the Honky Tonk Man fell fucking slap asleep right there and took the three count. The uh, referee had to count the three. Hey, you know. You got to count the three. That's what they got to do. 
And uh, <laughs> 15 minutes later, they send him back out, and Honky Tonk Man's revived, and then he uh, beats, a, he beats the promo. I ate the shake, rattle, and roll. And, uh, three of them. Three, three shake, rattles, yeah. and rolls. He didn't even try to cover you after the first two. No. Then he laid the boots to you afterwards, and uh, that was the end of your storied career, but you were the Intercontinental you Champion. Right, Nobody minutes. can take that away from me. Yeah. Nobody can take that away. It's in the books. <laughs> You're in the lineage <laughs> with Pat Patterson, <laughs> The Rock, Honky Tonk Man. <coughs> Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. He was an Intercontinental Champion? Of course he was an yeah. Intercontinental Champion. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, he's about? the cream of the crop, though. Macho Man Randy Savage. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yes. Mark Henry. <laughs> Mark Miro. Mark Miro. The wild man. Walk Mark Miro. China. Randy Hogan. <laughs> Randy Hogan. <laughs> I wish you Steve was- Setterstorm. <laughs> Bob Backlund. George South. <laughs> George South never sniffed a title. <laughs> and I like George South. Both the Mulkies. Damn it. I was about to say Randy Mulkey. You beat me to it. <laughs> What was the other Mulkey? Randy, Randy Bill, and Bill. Randy Bill. and Bill. Yeah, Bill. Bill never got a title, but Randy did. <laughs> if they got a suntan, they looked like a thermometer. Well, let me tell you something. Mulkey Mania is running wild. <laughs> Mulkey Mania really is that, running wild. That is Tony. one of the funniest promos he ever cut. Oh, he still cuts promos. Yeah, yeah, but, but real ones. Calling out Vince a, Russo. He cut a twenty-minute long promo calling out Vince Russo. That was so funny and oh, yeah. so brutal. Like he's just. That's that's the thing that I love about uh, I love about the state of wrestling now is you are either in agreement with Jim Cornette or you're in agreement with Vince Russo and the Cornette the, you know the the uh, cult of Cornette as he calls it yeah. vastly outnumbers the people who agree with Russo. But then in the middle is the guy who runs the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, and he's like that beacon of sanity between the two of them. (laughs) He'd be like BBC News with our current political state. Because Cornette hates the fact that, you know, wrestling has made it to it's just, you know, high spot, high spot, rest hold, dive, dive, glass tax. He he hates that kayfabe is dead and everything. Russo, on the other hand, thinks anybody with a southern accent is an idiot and all wrestling fans are gay. Yes, he does. Well, I mean, let's play into some stereotypes, you know. Shit, it doesn't matter. But I always love listening to Cornette tell stories about the 80s. I heard Cornette last week tell one about how they used to – uh, what was it? Brian? Brian something? Brian Pillman? Saw Sags? Uh, Jerry? No, no, I'm talking about the guy that runs the podcast with him. It's like Brian. Oh, Brian Glass, the Brian lion. Glass. Yeah, Brian, the podcast uh, lion. Yeah, it makes sense. That's what um, he calls him. Well, it works. Neat. I listen to the Cornette podcast. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But uh, him and Cornette are talking about how they used to get women to come to the shows, and he said, you know, he said you'd go down to Louisville Gardens and sell. 7,000, 8,000 seats on a Tuesday night. It's no problem. He said, but every once in a while, we'd turn around, we'd realize there was, there was less women in the crowd that night. And then they'd come back in the next week, and there's still less women than there usually was. So we'd have to call a meeting. We'd call all the boys in the back, and we'd look at the faces and go, all right, look, y'all got to get out there. Start fucking some of these rats. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because for some reason, they weren't fucking the rats anymore. Yeah, you ain't, if you stop, you ain't fucking the ring rats. Okay, here's how it works. You fuck a ring rat. Well, she goes home and she says, well, I, I fucked Robert Gibson. I fucked Ricky Morton. <laughs> well, then her friends start coming thinking they're going to fuck Ricky Morton. And then there's a bunch of women in the front row. And women scream and shout and make, this, make, the sound, make it sound good. He said, we can't pipe female screams into the damn arena every weekend. <laughs> he said, there'd be times we'd come along to some loop and the, and the, the heels would be getting more pussy than the baby face. <laughs> well, that's dumb. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know who never had a problem fucking rats? Yeah, you know. Ric Flair. Ric Flair was fucking them rats. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, I guarantee it. You, you know who, who else is also the best and worst person to go to a bar with in the 80s, according to Rowdy Roddy Piper? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yeah, that's where Why, because he always getting to get you into a fight? He said Ric Flair would come in and the whole bar would want to party. And so Ric Flair would walk up. He's, Piper told a story. He said they went in this bar after a show one night. And they, they were in South Carolina somewhere. So it's still pretty much, you know, Flair's hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said they go in and the place is packed, walk up to the bar and the bartender says, uh, what, what'll it be, Mr. Flair? And Flair looked around and slapped his hands on the bar and went, 99 kamikaze! <laughs> And they just started making drinks and they started passing them out to everybody. And, you know, they got done and everything. And they had come time to call the tab. Piper was still standing at the bar and the guy come over and said, well, that's going to be $312. And Piper said he looked left and he looked right and Rick wasn't nowhere to be found. He's like, well, I guess I got this around. He's like, so getting into the bar for free because I was with Rick Flair. Cost me $320 because he screamed, 99 kamikazes! <laughs> and nobody got to get a drink for like 10 minutes while they made them. <laughs> you told that story the last, not the last time, but the second time you were on here, and we named the episode 99 kamikazes. Did we? Nice. That's, yes, I, we, <laughs> I, I'd forgotten that I told that story. It's been almost two years, so of course you should forget. I should indeed. Fucking, uh, yeah, Cornette goes nuts. And yeah, he, he hates, Cornette, it's, he it's hates so almost everybody. He doesn't think Kenny Omega should be allowed to wrestle. He doesn't like Kenny Omega. What about uh, Roman Reigns? Uh, he he doesn't, doesn't doesn't hate Roman Reigns. He hates the way they book him. Right. Which uh, I agree with. Yeah, which is what, like- the superhero thing? It's They're just making him the next Cena, which Cena was the next Hogan. They, they, they just find a guy. And they never did that with The Rock or- uh, No. Well, that's because- They didn't have to. Well, I mean, well, no. No, it's, it's because Russo was in charge at that time, and- with the ideas he was popping off with, they wanted to go 180 from the golden era of Hogan and all that. So they completely went away from it. And then when the Attitude Era bottomed out, you know, when censorship and things came in, because we were pretty much in primetime television, um, grinding glass into people's foreheads and having having, bra and panties matches. Having bra and panty matches. Giving birth to hands. Yeah, birthing hands and having Japanese men tell Valvinas, I choppy choppy your pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> birthing hands. Uh, Mark Mark sexual Henry, chocolate. sexual chocolate. Mark Henry was in a love angle with uh, May Young, uh, sixty years his senior, <laughs> and then they, which they showed them in the bed. By the way, um, uh, May Young also went topless a couple times. Oh my on pay per view um, to to Jerry Lawler's displeasure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I tell you, not much is to Jerry Lawler's displeasure. Yeah, it, it, it He's pretty much a, a fan of all of them. It takes a lot to freak out Jerry Lawler when it comes to women, but it, it happened. <laughs> but uh, they showed them, you know, being romantically involved. And then one day on Raw, they came out and said May Young was pregnant. 
and they ran with it. Three years old. They ran with it for months. Okay, I'm talking about for. And apparently, she had a literally ironclad vagina because there was no way to abort that baby. Bubba, <laughs> Bubba Dudley. Okay, Bubba Dudley power bombed her off the stage through tables, <laughs> and it survived. <laughs> Next week on Raw, she's walking around like, mm, gotta go down for the trimester. <laughs> Um, and then it came time to have the baby, and uh, I don't even think there was an actual doctor in the room. I think it was just like Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe <laughs> in scrubs. Well, Mr. McMahon, she's about to give birth here. Yeah, so, so they did it, and it's and they go, and I'm not kidding. They put a sound effect in that sounded like something stretching and popping, <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, and and Pat Patterson was there to catch the baby because you know they come out like a cannon. <laughs> He's wearing a catcher's gear and. It was just, it was a rubber hand with like orange slime all over it, and he was like, ah, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And then he just goes, "Well, I guess let everybody give me a hand," and they all clapped, and the segment ended. And then when they did the uh, what was it, like twenty three year anniversary or something, or twenty five year anniversary of Raw a year or two ago, they had an adult man dressed as a hand. <laughs> Walking around in the back with Mae Young, and she was introducing him as her son. There it is. Here's Mula. Here she had had a, a terrible past. Yeah, there's like there, yeah, there's Patterson and Briscoe and Fabulous Mula, and Mae Young is on the on the bed. God, this is um, just disturbing. Yeah, wanting wanting to smoke a cigar while giving birth to a baby. She is writhing on the gurney. A gurney, not a night. They're in like a fucking trainer's room. Uh, Mark Henry's all oiled up as one is. Yeah. They're right. She's writhing around as if Pat Patterson is going to exercise her demons. Hold on, here. Here. I forgot that was her gimmick there for me. Come on. Come on now. Relax. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Who's this jabroni? This poor paramedic. When was the last time you had your period? About 1957. 57. Could you please take that thing out of your mouth? Please take Please be Are you sure you're pregnant? Bear down, May. You can have that baby. You gotta have it. You understand? You gotta have the baby. Fast forward just a little bit. By the way, let's admire the the commitment. No, not the, not the commitment, but the mass amount of sequins <laughs> that are that are. He just got some tongs. Yeah, Pat Patterson handed the paramedic tongs, barbecue tongs. like like barbecue tongs <laughs> to take a baby out with. Hear, hear, hear the sound effect. Everyone coughs. <laughs> Gerald Briscoe is vomiting. <laughs> Mr. McMahon, I vomited all over the place. It's got a puke. Pat Patterson said, give me a hand, and they all clapped, and that was the end of the segment. <laughs> Shit you not. Wrestling is-, is stupid. I love it. <laughs> those, are, those are the things that actually happened. I mean, come on. And here's the uh, spot after. Here's the hand 10 years later. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm May Young's son. <laughs> all grown up. Oh, I love you, baby. Best of luck tonight. Thank you. 
I'm I'm really holding out for that Stephanie McMahon sex tape. That would be awesome. I, I, I'm I'm really afraid of it. Really afraid of it. Why? Well, she's gonna have a big old clit. Why? Well, from taking all the steroids, HGH steroids. No, she, yeah. she's. It's, it's either gonna be with Triple H, and that and that's that's gonna be awful. Just see that big forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H is on top of. Yeah, you like putting me over, baby. Yeah. yeah. God, I hate that motherfucker. Nobody goes over <laughs> Triple H. Nobody. Here comes, the, here, here comes the finish. Ugh, okay. He spews out of his mouth. Just, just semen. God, he's such a cunt. Isn't he? Or he's awesome. it's actually, he's, I think he's awesome. I think everybody loves him. They're just waiting yeah. on Vince to die. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is I think a couple of years ago, like when NXT really started taking off, that we realized it's always awesome. Yeah, it, I, I think we, we realized it was like son of a bitch. Um, we like we have to get behind Triple H. It's like because when because if, if we don't, when Vince dies, that they're gonna give it to like you know, Freddie Prince Jr., who's on the writing staff. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah, bullshit. That, really? Yeah. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I know he was. He he might not be now, but he was for a while. Um, um, Max uh, Landis. He he's a consultant. Yeah, John Landis' son. Oh my God! Yeah, they they hire a bunch of Hollywood writers now, and that's that's like one of the reasons people. That's why Jim Cornette doesn't like. Yeah, it. it's that's one of the reasons a lot of people turned off of it is because in, instead of booking, the, instead of bookers, they got writers. Okay, and you know, but in NXT, it's I want the title. You can't have the title. I want the title too. You can't have the title either. And then in comes uh, William we, we, Regal. William Regal goes. I uh, think you should have a match to determine who wrestles for the title. And then, and then the champion's like, no, Bobby Roode's like, I'm glorious. You can't have the title. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Bobby Roode, have I told you about how I used Bobby Roode's music last year? You show? should always. <laughs> have I showed you Bobby Roode's intro? No. Oh, this is going to be the oh most wrestling heavy show- episode. <laughs> Aaron's going to be so mad. He missed yeah. this. Show him the one where the children's choir is singing his song, please. <laughs> Is this is he like a supposed to be a scion of Rick Rude or something? Well, I, his Bob, name literally is Bobby Rude. Yeah, that's his God given name. R O O D E. And he okay. looks like Rick Rude, but he's not. He's like forty something, I think. Now he's he's he's, uh, he's thirty nine, but they, they caught him at the tail end. But he's he, he he's got as long as he doesn't because oh, he, he wrestles a good style and he's fucking incredible. As long as he long as he doesn't get a like a, an awful injury, like a year or more gone, he's still got a decent bit of gas in the tank. He's so good. And he's hilarious. But this entrance is everything Ric Flair should have been. That's all. Yeah. It's an, no. Glorious, 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 glorious. Also, listen to the crowd pop for the biggest heel in NXT. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the baddest bad guy. <laughs> this isn't even their biggest. This is like their under... Development yeah. brand. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. This is the one-hour show on Wednesday night on the network. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Listen to them singing with yeah, you. They sing it. Is this the one where he's on a platform? No, the platform one is his debut, and it's great, too. <laughs> Look at all the sparkles. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah, wait, and wait for it when he comes out and shows the glorious, and his name is up on the screen. It's so good. <laughs> 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 
He's <laughs> so good, man. And that's that's one of the reasons so many people have gotten on NXT. They pulled they pulled a little bit from TNA. You know, they pulled Samoa Joe, Eric Young, Bobby Roode. Samoa Joe's about to be uh, the champion. I think. Uh, you, you know what? I'm really thinking they're they're going to put it on him because they're, Brock likes him. Yeah, Brock likes him, and they're running this story that if Brock loses, he's going to leave. And USC was talking about, oh, Brock's coming back, blah, blah. And then Dana White was like, well, he hasn't he hasn't submitted to that test pool thing, whatever yeah, it's it'll be. It'll be next summer before he can yeah. come back. Well, Brock's contract is out at the day after WrestleMania 34. So, like, the Raw after WrestleMania 34 is the last day on Brock's contract. So, Joe will get the belt. Brock will leave till like, Survivor Series. And then he'll just show back up and beat the shit out of whoever has the belt. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll go to WrestleMania 34 and it'll be Brock and Roman or, you know, Brock and Joe or whatever. Or Braun. It'd be awesome if it was Braun because. Braun's the most entertaining. Braun is. Have I showed you him? Yeah. He's He's a fucking beast. Big giant anger guy. Yeah. Have have you two seen when he comes back in the ambulance during the match? (laughs) Have you seen it? I'm not finished with you. Okay. They ran this big thing where, you know, he just started attacking Roman. Yeah. Um, The cartoonish beatdown. Yeah. Where he flipped over the ambulance. Yeah. And he he, he puts Roman. What was funny was because they went. (laughs) He beat the shit out of Roman. And then. You know, the refs and security come in. They're like, get off him, get off him. And he run off. And so he leaves. <coughs> and like he goes out through the crowd and comes back in and starts beating the shit out of Roman again. He's like, I'm not finished with you. So he's beating the fuck out of him. And so they go, they go and get a, they get a gurney and they put Roman on the gurney. <laughs> and strap him to it. They strap him to it. And like, they take you through the back, and then all of a sudden, Braun comes out of nowhere, like <laughs> throws people, like literally, like throws a guy, kicks the gurney over. He's like, ah, "I'm not finished with you." He's beating the shit out of him. Goes away again. <laughs> goes away, gets to go away again. They get the gurney set back up, and they're like, "Okay, finally, this is all over with. We can just get him to the ambulance." Okay, everybody's got this under control. <laughs> 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 and he puts him in the fucking ambulance. He beats the no, shit no, out no, of him. No, no, no. He he um takes the gurney and rolls it off of a ten foot thing. Oh yeah, he, he rolls <laughs> off a loading dock. <laughs> <laughs> he goes away. And, like, it, it comes back from commercial. <laughs> okay, then, okay, finally, this is over. <laughs> they're putting Roman in the, in the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> It was like Peter and the chicken. (laughs) He beats the shit out of Roman. He throws him in the fucking ambulance and he closes the door. And then he goes to the side of the ambulance and picks it up and flips it over. (laughs) And it's like a legit ambulance. So, like, obviously they took probably like, you know. They had somebody with a pulley pulling it. Well, I mean, yeah, they had that pulley, but I'll guarantee they took like the fucking engine and anything they could out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, there's a pulley system on it, but still, he's still pushing. You know, and so they rigged it up and everything, and he does this. And well, flash forward, and they have the feud going for a few weeks. And he he got hurt. He uh, he broke his uh, something on his elbow, and he put a picture up on uh, Twitter, and he was holding his elbow up, and like from the tip of his elbow down to almost his shoulder, it was purple. 
Jesus. Like, and, and it's, it was just awful looking. And they were saying he's going to be gone for six months. And, and, you know, all of us that were, we were like, oh shit, that was, yeah, that sucks. It's like, that was really getting good. Braun was really a stay. Like, Roman we, was actually getting over a little yeah, bit. Yeah. R- Roman was getting over. Like, this was really good. And it's like, and now just unfortunately it's, it's done. And then like three weeks went by and Roman and Joe were working for number one contendership and match is good. You know, they're, they're going real well. And Joe's down and Roman gets in the corner like he's going to run into the Superman punch. He's waiting on Joe to turn around. And all of a sudden you start hearing like a truck backing up and the Titan Tron goes and there's an ambulance backing into the building. And everybody's just like looking at it. And, th- and then it starts, you hear the crowd start rumble and it's like, they're figuring out like, holy shit, it could be Braun. Oh, holy, <laughs> holy shit. What's going on? And the ambulance, <laughs> the ambulance stops and it sits there for a second and the back door just opens and he comes out of it in his gear. <laughs> like, like that's how he left. <laughs> like he's been wearing the same clothes for three weeks and he comes out and he's a mountain of a man to begin with. And he just steps down and goes, <laughs> and they pop so hard. Oh God, yes, please, let's watch it. I love it. This is a really, really good. Like that's Samoa Joe. They didn't like oh, Samoa no, Joe back in the day because he, uh, he's just a fat Samoan. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, and Kevin Owens. It's like everybody on Vince's side of the WWE was like, "Oh, they're just fat and awful." And Triple H was like, "No, we have the internet. We can go watch them wrestle." No, Vince, they're really good. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> it is pretty good. Triple H talking trash. I sleep with Triple H talking in my ears. (laughs) He's my uh, meditation. Lulls you to sleep. (laughs) It's really so soothing. It's time to play the game. (laughs) Sorry about the game and how you play it. Sorry, bro, assassin. (laughs) Nobody goes over. Skip forward. Hey, that motherfucker can wrestle. Samoa Joe can fucking wrestle. Yeah, here, oh, God, yeah, here, here he comes go. beeping, backing up. He's like, huh? So, like, and so, like, Roman sells it. He's like, what the hell is that? And he, and he sees it. That's a handsome son of a bitch. He is a handsome dude, man. He's a Dothraki. That should be his gimmick. Can that get over? I it's mean, the what, biggest you, TV show in the world. Of course, it's, it's over. Well, I mean, <laughs> could it get over in wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> Here's that. Wait, what? Watch him too. Watch it. He's going straight. So watch how fast he cuts. He cuts. Okay. No, no shit. Paul Rosenberg was talking about it. The, the guy behind the camera with the light was like, <laughs> like that because Braun was just going to keep walking straight. How funny would it have been if it had been a, a spinal tap situation? <laughs> he just gets lost backstage and nothing happens. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> that that should be. A deal like Jericho would pull that off great. Like if, yes, he would. If, if he was like somebody was like, I'm gonna go down and see it for myself, and then it was just Jericho <laughs> in the back, like not being able to find his way to the ring the whole time <laughs> for a whole back. Awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting down to the next kid, the kid eating his popcorn. Can you help me get to the stage? Not finished with you. <laughs> I fucking love Braun. I think he deadlifts him and choke slams him. That motherfucker, oh you can tell God. that motherfucker's just strong. He he used to do strongman competitions. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, he, uh, he's only like 24. Jesus. Just all the testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> What's really funny is uh, on Jericho's podcast when they do Talk and Shop, which is oh, Jericho and Gallows and Anderson and a rotating fourth member, he was on it when they were over in uh, Beijing. 
So they were just in the hotel room. Like they couldn't really go anywhere, you know, because they were doing things to go on the internet and China is all anti-internet everything. Mm. Um, and so they're sitting up in, they're sitting up in the hotel room recording their talking shop podcast and you can, you can tell they've been drinking. You know, yeah, they're making and, no secret about it. Yeah. And at one point during the podcast, like somebody brings them another bottle of booze and it's, you know, like a, uh, for, for lack of a better term, it's, it's like a, uh, a waitress or something mm. from the bar downstairs. And that's an awkward moment when, uh, Luke Gallows is drunk as piss, just yelling, is that 10 Wang? 10 Wang? <laughs> is that who's bringing me beer? <laughs> Because Luke Gallows is goddamn hilarious. (laughs) Um, But Braun's there, and like right when they introduce him as being the rotating fourth that time, they said uh, the first thing they say is that you know you uh, you're just now getting into cutting promos and things like that. When you first came in with the Wyatt family, you didn't talk at all. Like, was there a reason they didn't have you talk? And Braun, he's from. Like Stone something or other, North Carolina. It was Alyssa's tit, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. He's like, where where are you from? Gator's tit, South Carolina? He's from down in North Carolina somewhere. And uh, Braun just goes, well, I think they didn't let me talk because of my accent. (laughs) And Jericho and Anderson lost it. Like, they just start cracking up and laughing. And then at some point, like, because he did strongman competitions, man. And, uh. He's uh, up until up until he had uh, debuted on Raw. He'd only had seven matches, mm-hmm. and they were asking him about who who was his first match with. And he says, uh, uh, "And Anderson goes, you 'You've only had seven goddamn matches. You can't remember who you fought. <laughs> I've wrestled over a thousand guys on six. He's on six different continents, and I can remember who the first guy I worked was. <laughs> Jesus Christ." <laughs> Yeah, they, they, when they they just like the, the developmental thing, they just see somebody that think that they think looks awesome, and then they offer him a contract, yeah. and teach him from the ground up. Yo, that, oh, that's, that, that's how you know how, to, how they got a uh, how they got Enzo. Yeah, just, Enzo, they noticed him talking somewhere. Enzo, uh, w- one of the places uh, Enzo worked in, like a like a gym and somewhere else, and at the other Hooters. place he worked, was it a Hooters? I have no idea. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, He's a cook in Hooters. <laughs> well, uh, he was a barker. What? What? what, what yeah. <laughs> My name. <laughs> he's really good at that. Not good at a lot else. No, he's yeah, really good not good. he's not a good worker. I mean, he's very entertaining. He's, he's, he's just not take, a good worker. He takes good bumps that look like they're actually going to hurt him. Which I think they are Probably because I, I'm pretty sure that they moved him up way too fucking fast because Cass was such once. a good wrestler. <laughs> he got knocked out once just going under the ropes. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, that was Simon Gotch's fault. And, he threw him a little yeah, hard. Yeah. Simon Gotch? Yes. As, in, as in Frank... Uh, is that like the? It's just a name. It's it's just a name they put but on. But that's okay. what they were trying to. Okay, what is his name? Fred Gotch or yeah, Fred, uh, Frank, Frank Frank Gotch? Frank Gotch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Simon Gotch. Ooh, was, let me tell you, that guy was, was tough. tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 move to that real quick. <laughs> Yesterday. In my spare time between my two jobs, because all I do is not my dick in the work. Knock my dick in the dirt working to make money uh, in shitty jobs so I can then have lots of money to go on the road and tell shitty jokes in shitty bars that don't appreciate me. Um, Living the dream. Living the dream. I ran into a gentleman who I will leave his name out of the conversation. You will leave him in. I will leave him out (laughs) because he was talking about uh, Donald Trump's golf game. Oh. 
And he had actually been with a group that went to Donald Trump's golf course up in uh, upstate New York. I forget the name of it. But uh, he said, here's some things about Donald Trump and playing golf. He said, I don't know if you know this or not. He said, most golfers have a list of courses they want to go play on. You know, they, they, they want to play St. Andrews or whatever. Augusta. Uh, uh, Augusta. Hawk's Nest. Hawk's Nest. Jesus, that was a nice little course. Sandy Bray. It really was. Um, Donald Trump has a list of golf courses, but they are not golf courses that he wants to play. They are golf courses that he wanted to play, and those courses would not let him come play on them. So that is why he bought golf courses for himself. (laughs) What a douchebag. Why would they let him come play? uh, They didn't want him as part of their club. Because he's a cunt, and they all fucking know it. Because no matter how rich you are, eventually people are like, Jesus Christ, he's a dick. (laughs) I figure maybe you have to be so good to play there. Uh, No, I mean, I think it's just like anything. Thing. It's a, it's a social thing too. Yes, yeah. And you're going to be interacting with these people, and it's like business. with Hawks Nest. You know, it, it was a private club at one point, and you really had to know know somebody and be a yeah. cool guy to get in. You really did. And they never let me in. Well, well and towards the end, it was public. I think it'd have been all right trying to bum people's clubs. Like, yeah. I'm not buying clubs, man. <laughs> hey, let me get that nine. <laughs> That's a 300 yard drive. I just have I just have a putter. <laughs> From a mini golf you're, course. You're a savant with the putter. You can make it do whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, but he said he said he went when you went when his when his company you know his higher ups took him up there. Um, he said he had just bought. A middle class golf course and trumped it up. He said he put didn't gold everywhere. Put platinum on everything. <laughs> he said everything was shiny. Everything had you know D's on it and stuff and just God, dumb shit. And he, he he would go up and he said uh, he said that is the first time I've ever played golf and somebody on the course just did not shut up. <laughs> he said they walked. He said he narrates and commentates the entire time he's playing golf. He said you're up there. And there's 12 of you walking around in a group. And he said, and, you, and you, somebody sits a ball down and they're about to swing. And he goes, look at that. Look at that clump of trees. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that the most beautiful, well-manicured trump of, tre- God, well, clump a f- of trees? God, he's I can just and hear it. Go, it's yeah. fucking terrible. And then, and then you go. You're doing a pretty and, good impression. Him, so it, you it, really it is pretty good. good. I, well, okay. not, all right. It's, it's a fantastic it. impression. It's look tremendous. Out. Tremendous impression. Beef. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> Beef. Have you seen the Trump steaks commercial? When he says beef, I want to vomit. Beef. There are beef. They're available only at the shop. Chopper image. image. Which is an electronics it's store. Like, it's like an electronics store. Buy, buy all my meat there. I get beef. <laughs> beef. <laughs> I was less shocked <laughs> that the Dollar Tree was selling steaks <laughs> than when Trump was like sharper image. I was like, did they just roll a cooler in there to deal with it? <laughs> Beef. Beef. <laughs> like one of those hundred and eighty dollar like coolers that you know people buy for like hunting season when they get a deer. It's like we'll put this in the garage is where all the deer meat will go, you know. They just rolled one of those in there with a big gold D on the side of it. Hey, you guys sell steaks now. Yeah. Cool, cool. You're, you're selling you're selling drop We're steaks a mail now. order company. <laughs> yeah. You gotta call us. We sell nothing out of this store. It's a warehouse. <laughs> this store this store is literally a kiosk with a catalog. <laughs> And a pissed off 29 year old single mother. It's the best beef, she can do. Beef. 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 
the beef. tastiest beef. <laughs> You get, you're, you're, you're veering, you're veering to Patton Oswalt <laughs> beef status. You gotta watch. Belinda got the bubble for her birthday. It's a beautiful bubble. <laughs> if you could mother these noodles and put them in a sourdough bread loaf, <laughs> and no matter what you do, don't open the door. Beef, beef, beef. Oh, but yeah, beef cake. <laughs> But yeah, he, he was saying that, and it just got to the point when they were on the on the golf course. Like Trump, everything was fantastic. You know, Isn't that the greatest you've ever seen? Isn't this? Blah blah. And, he's, and finally, they you know they break and go eat, and he's like, "I got a cheeseburger." He's like, "I'm, I'm not fancy." He's like, I, "I was like, oh, cheeseburger, that's fine." Isn't that the greatest burger you've ever had? Taste that. Isn't that the greatest tasting burger you've ever had? And it's like the beef. It's like looked him dead in the face and went, "Donald, I can tell it's a frozen patty." <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No. A, but there's, there's nothing wrong with it unless you can really taste that it's been in the freezer forever. I hate yeah, that. Yeah. But it's it's like, you know, I don't give a shit. Well, it's but like it's, it's it's the great it's the finest. It's a fucking Johnsonville microwave <laughs> burger patty. It's a ballpark, all right. Just because you put diamond studded Swiss cheese on it. <laughs> that stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> like he fucking <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, hell, that stupid son of a bitch. You stupid son of a bitch. No, he- You're standing there with your damn little Swiss cheese cheeseburger. <laughs> what? <laughs> you ate one cheeseburger. What? <laughs> Two cheeseburger. What? <laughs> Take your little ass down to White Castle. <laughs> no, he, when he did that, the, that fucking... What do they describe it as? The drunken uncle's fucking uncomfortable Christmas <laughs> conversation with the kids fucking speech at the Boy Scouts of America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's talking about how afterwards they said it was the greatest speech. The tumor- no, they didn't. Yeah, that's that's demonstrably false. That's, You're just lying. That's actually <laughs> what I love is. He said that, and then the next day, <laughs> they said, like, "That's big for itself." The, the next day, the Boy Scouts of America came out and they're like, "We never <laughs> called him to tell him it was great." It's like we didn't do anything like we that. We just want him to talk about camping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they literally like because they is- they issued an apology. Yeah, the Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts of America did, and they were like, "We we literally just wanted him to come and talk about how." Character and all those things that the scouts character, build. Yeah. Character can make you better. You know, you keep keep yourself in check. Don't be a dick. Yeah. But <laughs> what does Donald Trump know about any, any of that? Which, which, yeah, no as, character whatsoever. As I read their apology, I was like, well, then you probably should have screened a little better. <laughs> um, it's every time they they talk, we we have him come give a speech as the president, and it's it's just awful. I'm like, you know what, fucking. Bill Clinton, W, and Obama, all three are now on officially on that fucking. Hey, I'll come give a speech. That's mm-hmm. what presidents do once they leave office. They right. go and if you got four hundred thousand dollars, I'll I'll talk at you. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you see where Bill is getting almost triple what W is getting now? <laughs> Bill is four hundred thousand, and W. Well, he's, <laughs> he's been in the game a little longer. I was going to say W will literally show up for one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> I think we could do that. I think he's because he's kind of a good guy. I think it's because he's a good guy, but at the same time, I think it's because W just wants to go somewhere new (laughs) so he can hang his head out the window (laughs) as he drives through a town. (laughs) And people like they got a water tower. Look, man. Somehow we've we've come around to where uh, George Bush was. was, was No, like that about the guy. Holy shit! I I love terrible president. 
Oh, awful! But no, all presidents. No, no this is this is the thing. It, like, I don't even hear people say a terrible president anymore. I hear people who hated him while he was in office, literally admitting that it wasn't his fault. He was just a figurehead, and they're just going, "It was the people below him." We we didn't. I'm like, yeah, you didn't know how good you, you had it. Look when, at Dick Cheney and think that guy's pure evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, you li- you literally you literally had the penguin for a vice president. <laughs> And fucking people were like, we didn't know how good we had it. Then you had Tim Curry from Legend, Donna Rumsfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Replete with horns. I mean, I guess we're just going to have to go fight these wars. I don't know. You don't you don't go to war with the army you wish you had. You go to the war with the army you have. It's like, Jesus Christ. Fuck yourself. (laughs) Go America. That's a lot of fucking faith that Donald Rumsfeld has (laughs) in our fighting men and women. Which another thing real quick. um, I let's say let's say bad things about the military real quick. I'm not gonna say bad things. (laughs) I was on an open mic uh, last week and got a mixed bag of reactions as I addressed transgenders in the military. Oh boy! Because I said, and I quote, "Yeah, we shouldn't send transgenders into the military or active combat because you know." It's dubbed a mental condition as of right now. So they could go to war and come back with PTSD. And then they would have two mental conditions that the government doesn't give a fuck about. (laughs) That's true. And a bunch of people clapped. But then I saw like right wing leaning people like kind of frowning. I was like, because name me someone who has PTSD from seeing active from seeing combat that has come back here to civilian life and is, you know, doing okay. They don't give a fuck about the people they send over there. You're useful fucking idiots is what they call you. It's like, so you're telling me right now we can't send somebody who's technically, quote unquote, already mentally fucked up to somewhere that's going to mentally fuck them up? Fuck that. Stop listening to them tell you, oh, you can't go because of this. You're colorblind? Cool. I don't want you clipping the wrong fucking wire. Imagine the suicide rate. Yeah. That's already high in the transgender community. It's 22 or 23 percent. Yeah. Like they they say 22 veterans a day kill themselves. And then ex-soldiers. Yeah. Ex-soldiers super high. Yeah. It's it's literally the same amount of transgenders a day. It's like 22 or 23 people a day in the transgender community. So then it's uh, doubled. So, yeah. So you double it automatically, which honestly would take care of any right wing leaning person's problem in about two years. (laughs) Well, see, that's 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 what kills me about the. with Donald Trump and the military, okay? Somebody very close to me said they like Donald Trump because the military loved him. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, yeah. let's just let's just examine this right. before we ever get into this conversation that I'm going to have with you. Yeah, that I'm eventually going to have. And I said, and here's what I said. I said, um, he's never served a minute. Nope. He has contempt for people that serve. Mm-hmm. He is a fucking neo-patrician piece of shit. Yep. He is never going to respect your children for going. He doesn't even know how to present a medal properly. And you think that, f- yeah, that we had that on the show. He handed a guy a purple heart and said, congratulations. Congratulations! His leg is still bleeding. (laughs) (laughs) If if you really wanted some, if you wanted a president that uh, soldiers uh, supported, do you know who the the uh, candidate in the last 10, 20 years, however long, who the soldiers donated the most money to? Was it W? Ron Paul. Makes makes sense. That does make sense because he wouldn't put him in harm's way for no reason. Yeah, because we wouldn't be going overseas for. 
oil or all this whatever, yeah. whatever we, it is. Yeah, we, yeah. Heroin. We, we, we wouldn't. <laughs> we wouldn't don't, you don't think the big heroin problem has something to do with us guarding opium fields over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't have 800 men and women sitting over in Nigeria for no fucking reason. <laughs> what is other, Nigeria doing? Other than to let Nigeria know that America is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> they speak that clicky language over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They speak that clicky language. <laughs> that's, that's that's the that's that's the thing too, man. We sit there and we have these fucking you know these embassies and everything in some of these countries where they're like, oh, we put them on the outskirts of the only big town. Really, we put an embassy on the outskirts of the big town, making it the second biggest town <laughs> in their country. But we're there to help them. And, and you guess, know, guess what? All the land surrounding that embassy. That's American soil. Yeah, yeah, that's American soil. And you know what? If you're not from America, you're not allowed on it without permission. <laughs> well, unless you get a job here cleaning. Yeah. But here's the what kills me too. It's the same uh, mentality as the um, as the coal miners because yeah. he it's, they it's, they it's, it's think blue collar, blue they, collar. yeah they think for one fucking second that that moron has anything right nice to really think about him you know he's sitting in back rooms talking shit about them exactly. some fucking dumb hillbilly in west virginia the, those stupid hillbillies are going to put me back in the white house this is going to be amazing yeah. that's exactly what he thinks you know it it's it's a stink that rolls off yeah. of him i but, mean uh, he's just in 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 the same respect of it, you know, of him, he, he gets, you know, is he going to get reelected by that class? No, that oh no. But here's the thing, though, the Democrats have three and a half years now. Well, three years because you know the elections start six seven months before. Them. Yeah, well, they start they, they start, start next two weeks. Month. Yeah, they start two weeks next well, month. There's debates. Probably. Well, no, yeah. what I'm, what I'm saying is like when you're six months away from it, like you really have to know who your candidate is. Mm. So you got to have that person primed and groomed and ready to go. They really have to go and find. They have to find themselves another Obama. Yeah. Because let's be honest about it. Go back and look at the Democrat. Joe Kennedy. Well, go look at the, go look at the Democrat. Dwayne poll. the Rock Johnson. Yeah. He's, he's running I'm down. He's who's running gonna, Republican. Who's going to beat him in a debate though? Nobody's going to beat him in a debate because he will beat them physically. <laughs> All he does is give him the people's eyebrow. He's going to be out at the podium. The moderator's going to be there, and they're going to be waiting on the other, the other, you know, uh, Ben candidate. Carson will be waiting in the back because he doesn't know when to come out. Well, the, 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 they're, they're going to be waiting on the other candidate, and you know, people are going to get restless. And all of a sudden, they're going to go <laughs> to the big screen, and there's going to be a running camera, and there's going to be somebody down with like Joe Manchin laying down, <laughs> grabbing his knee, and the Rock's going to be like. Oh, he can't compete. Just give the debate to me. That's speaking of which, Jim Justice, when he traded to the Republican committee, uh, the Republican Party the other day. Um, for those of us outside of West Virginia, yeah, and, and for those of us who uh, have any kind of illusion that he was ever a Democrat, which I don't understand how we thought that he just did that so he could beat Bill Cole. That's exactly, all he did. That's exactly what he did. Um, which honestly, enough with the mock outrage for fuck's sake. Yeah, so many people think he was. I was like, did, did you do any fucking research into this guy? People, people jumped, but the, the same people that jumped and said uh, we have to impeach Jim Justice. For saying he's trading parties, which is fucking ridiculous. That is not a, a, a legitimate reason to be impeached in, in from anything. Um, they're the same people who jumped and said because Donald Trump tweeted the transgenders <laughs> couldn't be in the military. It's not it even was a law officially yet. a law. <laughs> and somebody, I forget who it was, but had to come back and literally got on Twitter and was, "You can't tweet laws into existence." <laughs> it's like it has to go through. No. A, it has to go Bunch of other people. There's a whole list of shit that has. Watch Schoolhouse Rocks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a bill here on Capitol Hill. I guess he could do a 
executive order he thing, can't, but those he always can't get that. shot down. Yeah. That, that's the thing that here's he tweeted it, okay? He at least has to write it on paper. Well, see, that's where we come into the gray area. And give it to another person. <laughs> perhaps fax it. Perhaps Even, write perhaps write it in crayon. Here's the <laughs> I never said he was gonna write it in it could be on a fucking bar napkin for all I care. Um, Congratulations. Which is how which, which is how I think W did it. Like W just and he held the crayon like this. <laughs> He's like and this. He just, and it, you had his tongue out, and he was like, he was like, no, gays in the military. And then he just he threw it at Rumsfeld. And then he continued eating his Cheerios off of his uh, yeah. off of his high chair. Get that clown in here. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Rush is coming to see us. Uncle Rush, Uncle Rush. Did you bring me anything, Uncle Rush? Oh, <laughs> W you're getting to be a big boy. <laughs> With that family guy. Yeah. He sits on his lap. Yeah. I'm 62. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so gone. He, but he here's, was. Here's the point, too, uh, uh, with, with, with W. Um, I'm striving in my life now to hang out with George W. Bush. It's probably possible. Like I think it is. I don't want to talk politics with him. I don't want to talk anything in the past of his eight years. Of, I, we, we can talk about because. I really feel like he didn't want to be president at first. Yeah. I feel like he just wanted to own a baseball team <laughs> like he was doing. Maybe because, be governor. Maybe be governor. But, like, he was all about owning the baseball team because that got him free tickets to any baseball game he wanted to go to. Yeah. And he loves pretzels. Um, <laughs> He thinks baseball's okay. Yeah, he thinks baseball's okay, but he gets to go have you have a the big soft pretzel that you can't choke on. Um, but then his dad was like, "You're going to be president." And he was like, "I don't want to be president." He's like, "You're president because if not, it's going to be Jeb, and we don't fucking want that." Yeah, nobody wants. You that. at least have some charisma. Yeah, yeah. At, at least you can smile properly. Jeb Bush is a dry towel. Here he is <laughs> trying to smile. There, there was a, there was a point where I literally went Jeb Bush please clap yeah, like, Jeb Bush couldn't be that bad until I saw it he goes please clap and he he literally you should have just put an applause sign up yeah, well I was like oh Jeb I wish here's what I wish of those debates the only person on that stage really who gave Trump's bullshit back to him was Carly Fiorina yeah and she put him in his place and now and, but and but, he you but know she's so. As a as a person, she is like when as a personality, I should say, she's so fucking abrasive. She is when you have to listen to her for more than two minutes. Mm -hmm. So like we were sitting there like, yeah, fuck, put him in his place, and then they would ask her a question, and we were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) She sort of of comes off like an ice queen. Yeah, yeah. I we need to have somebody. If you the the greatest thing that ever happened in those debates, it was not Donald Trump doing his little stupid. Hit the many of nicknames are just stupid. It's schoolyard bullshit, yeah. and there's no intelligence behind you, it. You, whoever you run, whether, if they're going to run somebody in the Republican, if they're going to make him primary, no matter what it is, the Democrat, they have to be bigger than him. Absolutely. If he's intimidated, see, that's the thing. If The yeah. Rock ran, he would be too. He would quit. He would. He'd be gullible. Yeah. He'd be so full of fear. And that's, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about too. The Democrats really have to find their bomb because if you look at the Democratic pool, when hey, they can when run w- yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Awesome. I, I I I like it. I should. They, they should. I just get a just find some big angry vote fan. Dutch. He's yeah. got the touch. <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> you got the touch. <laughs> yeah, see you're, you're. But I want I want Marky Mark singing it from yeah, <laughs> absolutely him and, uh, and John C. Riley. I, I like it. 
Um, <laughs> they have to look coked out there. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I'll be coked out. Yeah. But if, if, if you look at that poll that they put, you know, when W was leaving and each side got to have their cavalcade of fucking failure, <laughs> um, there was nobody on the Democratic side outside of Obama. Like, that was it. It was, mm-hmm. if, if you look, and it's the same way when you go back and look at this time around when we did it, you know, and everybody was like, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and then they were sitting going Donald Trump and uh, what's old boy's name? Uh, not Christie, uh, governor of Te- Rick Rubio, Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Rick not, Perry. Uh, Ru- Ru- Rubio ate a fucking bugger or There's something. A it's, it's, that's on my mind. Ru- Ru- Rubio. Yeah. But, but they talked about Rick Perry a little bit and then Rick Perry left cause he's only getting like 3% of the fucking thing. Um, but. When they started, you know, they, they have all those people that go in and nobody gives a fuck about them. And mm. you, know, you have to go find that one that can beat him. You, have to, you know, who you have to find it. Like I was going to say, you know, after who you have to find to defeat, uh, really Donald Trump is a successful Nixon. You, know, you have to find John, John F. Kennedy. You have to find another yeah. John F. Kennedy. You, you, and you why not get another Kennedy? There's Joe. There's there's lots of Kennedys. There are lots. They're of all Kennedy. Democrats. There's, you know? there's lots of Kennedys, but also we we have seen that as soon as you give them higher up power, they're pretty good at dying. They're excellent at taking bullets to the dome. That's yeah, I, I know. I mean, man, nobody I, does it better than them. <laughs> all joking aside, and they're also John no, F. No, John, no, John no, F. Not Kennedy. all joking aside. This doesn't exist if we're not joking. This podcast ain't a thing if we're being serious. Yeah, okay. I'm not hanging out with you two sad fucking sots <laughs> when we're talking real goddamn life. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, Jeff K. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 able to do what Donald Trump does except skillfully. Right. He, that debate. If you ever go back and watch that debate with Nixon and John F. Kennedy, it is brutal because yeah. Nixon is like got the five o'clock shadow. He's sweating. He can't. You know, it was the first one that was on TV. Yeah, and, and that's and, what, and what Kennedy swung it a is lot. cool as a fucking cucumber. Yep. Just. You know, and that's the thing too. When they, when people heard a radio debate, John F. Kennedy, John AKA F. Kennedy. AFK Diamond Joe Quimby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah except John Hooray. F. Kennedy. <laughs> Chada. Um, <laughs> no, but John F. Kennedy. Um, here's 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 another uh, a segue about uh, not a segue. Here's a sidebar about John F. Kennedy. Right. Um, you can say what you want about him. I've read biographies, and I, I will. And I, and I Irish said, trash. <laughs> Fuck you. He was a poor tipper. <laughs> he was a what? A poor tipper. He had a third nipple. He was a poor tipper. He was a poor tipper. Poor tipper with a third nipple. Ah, uh, yeah, he probably did have he one. Had a Marilyn Monroe one. knew she'd tweak it. That's why he injected heroin into her butt to kill her. Neat. I heard he had. A, I, heard he, I heard he had a stinky asshole. <laughs> he <had a> stinky. <laughs> um, JFK's taint was not a good place to be. Ask numerous Atlantic City whores. <laughs> Atlantic City? What? Fuck that. Why would he? I mean, he could get any whore anywhere. I figure when he was 19, he probably hung out in Atlantic yeah. City. Oh, no. Actually, he was, uh, he was a diplomat when he was in his late teens, early Your 20s. Mom oh, okay. I, I thought that was when he Your mom goes to college. I thought he started his diplomat <laughs> stuff at 20. That's why I was. Well, he. No, he was a world traveler at this point. He had gone to Ireland and seen where the right. Kennedys were from and all that stuff. But. And, you know, here's some of Kennedy's bad points just to, just to balance it and to. And, Irish. And. and he had drop foot. <laughs> drop foot. <laughs> if you don't quit with the Irish, I swear to Christ. No. Oi! You fucking Irish trash! Take your fucking ass back over across the pond. No, he's... All right, he was... Um, his health was not good. 
Like right. a lot of people thought that he was healthy. He was not. No. Uh, he had he had monstrous back problems. AIDS. He had. Uh, well, I mean, patient was, zero. It's possible. You know, he fucked monkeys. <laughs> He fucked Maryland's. Oh, it's <laughs> never mind. Slight difference. Withdrawn. <laughs> Sustained. Ted, Ted I'll allow it, counselor. Watch yourself, McCoy. <laughs> Ted Kennedy killed abroad. Yeah, Chad yeah. Whittick. But um, the- Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the point about John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, he was- uh, he His health Alive was bad. at one point. He was, uh, he was actually kind of- Fluid on issues that he shouldn't have been at first. Um, he was for assassination in a lot of ways. He was, he, he actually, <laughs> oh, the irony. Yeah, I know, right? Um, he, you got what you want, Johnny boy. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Oh, Danny boy, <laughs> the pipes. Oh, sorry. The pipes are calling. Um, he, the only he was a philanderer. Huh? He, he was a philanderer. He was uh, all those things that that you hear about him. However, he also was a war hero. He also was legitimately for civil rights. He was for all those things that he really said he was for. Right. Now, he was also, like I said, the war hero thing. Here's where I got just the red ass when it was, when it was time for fucking... When people were discussing this and trying to make Trump look like less of a piece of shit. Okay. Right. Comparing them, as in the Trumps, and especially him to them, the Kennedys, you can't fucking do that. You cannot compare the Trumps to the fucking Kennedys. Well, no. Because the Kennedys. The Trumps are alive. Well, <laughs> there's lots of Kennedys alive. <laughs> but I'm saying. There's lots of characters on Game of Thrones still alive, but you don't give a fuck about any of them. <laughs> we only care about Danny and Jon Snow. No. Who else is on there as well? Sam. Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> that deserved this. <laughs> like, I, he said I like, he's still alive. <laughs> I like how you you really you went. Sam. <laughs> like like you battled over it in your head. Like, do I, I like give a Sam. fuck about Sam? I do. What about Sam doing all that Charlie work? <laughs> That episode, they have, somebody like has I to, said, they needed to do with uh, somebody needs to cut together an opening. Like it's always sunny, and it says eight forty seven a.m. Westeros, 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 Old Town. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I say John F. Kennedy. Um, you know, they tried to, and I and I've got into, and nobody would debate me on this because when they put it up, I, I actually made memes and shit about it. I said, "Hi, I'm John F. Kennedy, the last great American president." Because they tried that's, to, the, that's the way to win an argument on the internet these days. Yeah. Memes. Well, no, this was actually and true. Make them though. memes real, real wordy. It worked. Too long. Did not read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they. I said they drug my name through the through the mud to make less Donald Trump look like less of a piece of shit, and that's exactly what they did. Even Ann Coulter, fuck that cunt. And Ann Coulter's a nice lady. No, she isn't. She's always been nice to me. I mean, I always when I give her a sugar cube or a piece of an apple, she's always nice. <laughs> when, when you when you when you give her the last sugar cube, does Kathy Griffin get really mad over in her stall? <laughs> Ow! What does Sarah Michelle or Sarah Jessica Parker think about all this? She's there's what she. What's that debate we were having the other day where it was going to be? We said, here's an idea we could do. I was to bring up all these old TV animals to be the next president and shit. Right. Uh-huh. Nobody gave a shit. And then Dutch just put in there, how does Alf fit in this? And I said, how doesn't Alf fit in this? <laughs> Alf. Alf for president. Shumway 2020. Gordon Shumway. 
We need to make that shirt some way. I, I still like the one that comes out every uh, every political season, and it just says Monsoon Heenan with whatever election year is. Because I think that'd be great for Gorilla Monsoon to be the president. But as he's doing the State of the Union address, Bobby Heenan is behind him, quipping, quipping. <laughs> just in the middle of the speech, Monsoon has to be, will you stop? <laughs> Talking shit about Hogan. And- Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> I was in Egypt yesterday, Monsoon. <laughs> there were shoes over there. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> I think that uh, I, my favorite one of those is uh, Bill Burr or whatever year. Go fuck yourselves. Right. Because <laughs> his, his political uh, ideas are I'm kind of uh, subscribing to now. I mean, the standardized test. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't score above 80%, you're fucking dead. <laughs> Too walk, many people. We got too many people. 85% of you got to go. Got to go. <laughs> you didn't bring a pencil? You're yeah. Right. <laughs> Sinking cruise ships. Yeah. Hey, I just came back. <laughs> well, maybe yours, maybe you got lucky. But I figured they could, um, if we were going to sink cruise ships, I'm sure there's a way to go about it, that the people that you want to die, the undesirables will end up on that cruise ship. You get yeah. a good deal. You you set up put pamphlets in trailer parks. There, there's a there's a cruise right now that is advertised on Facebook that is gone for 119 days. Who has that much time? And, and, hold on. Do you work on no, the cruise? No. Here's here's the thing. You remember, uh, you know, oh, it's a 10 day cruise, and yeah, you know, people will be like, oh, 10 fucking days. I don't. Know, I can't go 10 days. <laughs> and that's how like four day cruises came along. Yeah, you yeah. know, because because 10 days was too much. You know, because you had to drive to Miami or what the fuck ever to get on the boat. Um, and you know how Facebook does that advertising where it's not, it's like edited together clips that are so great looking and, you know, there's peppy music. Mm. And then instead of somebody doing a voiceover, it just sprawls it onto the screen. It's like, oh, this ship is able to hold 5,800 people. Mm. And then it, some more comes up. And it's a little one sentence at a time. That's how they do it. And it looks so great. And at the end, it shows, and it, it's 119 days long, and it goes to six different continents, and it shows all these places it it's goes. A third of a year, yeah. And uh, yeah, they they do it up, and it's like, oh, this is so great. And the way they're putting, it, you're like, oh, this is probably a really good deal. That's why they're advertising it. It's twenty seven thousand dollars, <laughs> and I'm like, why is this in my Facebook feed? There's, I have literally never liked or agreed to anything on Facebook <laughs> that would make someone think I have 30 fucking grand and three months of my life to waste. Disposable time and money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is not me. That's <laughs> r- fucking ridiculous, man. They, um, my quip of cruises. Well, I mean, I, it's not what it's cracked up to be, man. I mean, I, I, I would like. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go on one, depending on the destination. That's always nice. Like I, I, I'm sure it is. Like I, I would go. No, to the let me let me let me not go that far. Nassau was interesting because parts of it, like I said, were you know, what a PC the, way of saying a lot of black folk. Yeah, a lot of gross. Well, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, this is a bit strange. No, it was. What do you mean? There's a lockdown at ten, and we can't go <laughs> off the property. <laughs> Which is what my sister was told at her hotel, at her hotel in Jamaica. The monkey's still yeah, yeah, you don't get. Yeah. The, the, they were like, after ten p.m., drink at the hotel bar, yeah. and they were like, but but you talk about moonlight strolls, and they were like, yeah, we've been around the pool. 
(laughs) (laughs) Don't go. And of course, my my sister is, I love my sister to death, but she, me and her are polar opposites. She is cookie cutter, nine to five. I'll be a good person and life will be good to me. And I'm on the other end, like, well, I'm just going to bet it all on black, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get drunk and see what happens. Yeah. Pour alcohol in this. Yeah. And so my my sister would be like, you know, in the bed at 10.05 in in a place like that. And I would be like, sneak. I would be like sneaking down the hall in my footy pajamas, like, (laughs) getting past security and going out into like stabbing Jamaica. And just be like, oh, this is fucking great. And then, you know, they they chase me back into the property with torches and pitchforks. As Yakety Sax is playing. Yeah. <laughs> I should be playing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm running right beside like like another hotel guest <laughs> that I conned into going with me. Why don't you let tri- you talk me into this? And you trip him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the guy's running like, if we survive this, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, chill out, Bob. We're going to be fine. I'm going to be trip. Yeah. See you later. Trip. <laughs> Shits, Luckily, Jamaicans are slow, so you'd be able to outrun them. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. No, they're not. Hussein Bolt or whatever. Well, they, well they, they, they have that extra bone in their foot. Yeah, it helps them process chicken. Yeah. They have that extra bone in their foot. It's one of the most outrageous racial things I used to hear back when I was a kid. Well, no, I always heard the uh, extra extra muscle muscle in their leg. See, well, see, there's an extra bone in their foot. And it gave them more recoil in their steps. That's what we used to be told. Like it was, it was, it was right below where like the ankle. Yeah, it was like right below where the ankle joint is. And and, and, and that was just yeah. When I was a kid, like older white people were like, well, you know, them 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 colored boys is faster than y'all because they got that extra bone in their foot. Like, and we we just took it as fact because we were like seven. Word, you know. Now you don't only ask to touch their hair. You also ask about their feet. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like sheep's wool. <laughs> it's like a sheep. Uh, no, uh, that, and that's part of that whole mass delusion of you know, and maybe not necessarily mass delusion, but definitely over the fact that one group is better than another group in athletics. We've discussed this. Right? That's not true. I mean, it just depends on which depends on athletic sport. sports you're talking about. Well, you know, you know, it, it, with basketball and football. Um, I contend that black athletes are better than white athletes in, especially in basketball. Um, but like, you know, the, uh, wide receiver running back such and such in, you know, with, with what you're doing in football. Um, but the reason is a lot of the white players that make it to that level grew up better than like in a better environment mm-hmm. than the black players. And so through their childhood and teenage years and everything, the black athletes focus more on that because it's sold to them as being their ticket out of that Absolutely. miserable existence. Well, th- and you can pinpoint and that to any ethnic group good. that's been 
right down you know right it's it's sold to them as well if, if you make it to the nfl you can buy your mama a house mm-hmm. you, you you ain't got to live in the hood no more so they focus on just that yeah these white kids sit there and somebody gets in their head and goes well yeah it's great that you're a really good quarterback but you know get that degree too because sports don't last forever yeah nobody tells the fucking 17 year old black kid in harlem that <laughs> yeah no. yeah they, you're right you're, the, I mean, they just go this yeah. is what you have to do right and so they're more dedicated to and it it and not because of any genetics or anything like that. Well, I mean, with a few people, some people genetics are they're naturally more muscular. Yeah, of course, you know? yeah. Um, but it just it is naturally ingrained to them through more being more dedicated to it and training more, and it becomes more natural once they're in front of college scouts. Mm-hmm. It's like you've been doing it longer, you've been doing it harder right. than this white kid that started playing in ninth grade. Right? You know, you've been playing since Pee Wee League. Right. And so, it, and it always surprises me. Well, them colored boys is faster because well, because they were fucking out there training. Yeah, that's why. Well, and then again, though, you look. Uh, we were discussing this, like like the str- the strength sports right. that require the torque. You know, yeah. they're all Iceland. Scandinavians. I mean, because yeah. you know, and that goes back to the genetic question too. I somewhat believe in that too, because. Jesus Christ! Nobody else ever fucking wins. Yeah, it's, you know, imagine all the Phil snow shoveling those guys had to do. <clears throat> well, not only that, but Phil Fester—that's a German name. Yeah. He's of Germanic stock, mm-hmm. yep. so therefore he's going to have a Germanic advantage. You know, yeah. so it depends. You know, sports are so limited. You know, it's like okay, let's take for example. Uh, there's a new documentary about. Um, uh, lacrosse and the Native Americans are playing. There's this fucking Native American team that is dynamite. And the reason they're good at it is because that's their sport. Right. You know, that's what they've grown up playing, you know, because there are still Native Americans, believe it or not, even and though, the, even yeah. though our current president believes that there aren't anymore. Right. If you ever want to get pissed off the way I do about Native Americans, <laughs> go look at some of the shit he says about them and to them. I, I can't, I don't, I don't have time to, to break it down into subcategories. I have to just look at it as a whole. Well, no, I mean, he's, he's extremely disdainful and just completely disrespectful. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, mean l- literally everyone with Caucasian roots has that tendency. So, like, I, I, I can't. I don't think break so much here. I mean, that's well, West Virginia. I mean, we maybe we've not at this, this table. We, I mean, I hate them, but I don't know about y'all. You know? <laughs> but we've just hate everybody. Should have fought. Should have fought harder, you pussies. Yeah. I've seen that T-shirt. <laughs> I love that. I love that. My, my favorite T-shirt that has to do with Native Americans is the one that shows an Indian next to a maitre D, and it says, "I have reservations." I crack up laughing at that every fucking time I see it. That's it's pretty it. good. For, for the record, I don't actually hate Native Americans as a people. <laughs> I don't hate you as a people. Individual basis. There's a few of you I don't like. Um, well, no, it, it's like this. Okay. Um, I can't remember where I was going with this. Well, you're probably going to say something about the red man. No, I was going to say that... Uh, it's a fine chewing tobacco. <laughs> oh, I was talking about the one that runs around Method Man. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Muddy waters. So, swear to Christ, I was coming up here uh, as, I, as I drove up here. One of the radio stations played Dirty by Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Which was back, like, you know, in that era of music where it was okay to be white trash. Like, everybody became white trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when TRL... There's a throwback for you. I think it's coming um, back. Uh, when, when TRL... Why? Nobody makes know. fucking music videos anymore. Is it going to be on YouTube only? Probably. Um, but when TRL's 10 videos a day were all white people, <laughs> and like occasionally Nelly would be on it. <laughs> hey, but, it's Nelly. But they had to throw in Tim McGraw with them, so it was palatable. <laughs> yeah. That's like 2005, though. I'm talking about from like 99 to 2002. 
that span right there where just, I don't know what the fuck happened. Somebody picked up a trailer park and just shook it out over like a record player and was like, make me money. <laughs> yeah, that was like during the prime of uh, Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker. Yeah, it's it's Ki- Kid Rock, Uncle Cracker, Eminem, uh, because let's be honest about it. The appeal of Eminem when he first showed up was he grew up poor, blah, blah, all this, but he was a white kid. That could actually rap, yeah, and and that's that. There was, you know, there was Kid Rock, Uncle Cracker, Eminem, but then there was Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, uh, Lip Je- Biscuit, Jessica Simpson, yeah. yeah then then you turn, but then you had the boy bands too. Like that, there was, you know, fucking Boys to Men is the only black boy band I've ever actually <laughs> thought. That's eh, not too bad. Uh, new edition, new edition. I don't call them a boy band. Because they, they they didn't really. It's more of a Jackson Five type. Vibe. Yeah, that's, that that was more of that. You know, mm-hmm. they they weren't just running around because like fucking some of that boy band shit. They'd be on like cables flying above an audience <laughs> and stuff. Um, but look at me. The, the the boy band craze came in, you know, to full effect in, in sync and Backstreet Boys O-Town. and all that shit. O Town, ninety eight degrees, ninety eight degrees, fucking all for one. LFO. Hey, they had a black guy or two in there. Yeah, all for one had a black dude in there. Yeah, they were all unattractive. It was like the unattractive boy band. It's like the well, sweepings of the last well, rest of the boy <laughs> band. This is this is the, this is the thing. In sync and Backstreet Boys came in and they picked up ten good looking guys that could sing and were willing to sell their souls. And then it, it it's kind of like it was kind of like the Patriots and the Seahawks. Yeah, and it's like all the talent went up there, and then everybody else had to deal with what they had. And then you got down to like LFO, which is like the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's like you're never going to do anything that is even remotely close to good, but we're going to let you out here for the hell of it. Um, yeah, sing, uh, just string some nonsense words together and make them yeah. rhyme. But th- they would do that, and then you know, then you got into when. Limp Biscuit and Corn and uh, Corn um, started, but Corn didn't start out that way. N- no, no, Corn was white trash as fuck. There, because Corn was in that, and I love talking about Corn over top of LFO. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jonathan Davis did. <laughs> what, what, one of my favorite things ever was uh, VH1 was doing. Uh, the I love the 90s shit and talking about this and Mo Rocca said LFO actually stands for lyrics are really fucking awful yeah. <laughs> and they misspelled awful <laughs> that was the, the shittiest well written joke I'd ever heard about pop culture but no nah, and then you got into Limp Biscuit and Corn and uh Crazy Town and, you know, Incubus <laughs> showed up and Lincoln Park. Incubus was good. Incubus is good. But what I'm saying, though, it was. They were these I know wh- what you mean. They were I, I, get, white I kids. get your gist, yeah. Everybody, it was these white kids that looked like they grew up poor because mm-hmm. they were tattooed up and they had gauges and you could tell they had a rough childhood. But here they were expressing themselves through their music. <laughs> Fuck, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. And it was just, hey, hey it's the only fucking, <laughs> only fucking song they will ever have on the radio. The only band who's ever been kicked off of Ozfest for misconduct. <laughs> Really, they were? Yeah. One would suspect Ozzy would get kicked off from his condo. <laughs> they were crazy town. Sharon herself kicked them off the tour. Literally, because they were riding, they weren't in a in an Ozfest official bus. They were in like, they had like a van and then a van for equipment because they were like, a, like on, 
They were on the main stage, but they were an early act because they weren't far enough this. Yet. Alien Ant Farm, yeah. yeah that's fucking awesome. It was good. Um, but, uh, I like their bass player. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, in this era of music, where you're discussing corn and all that stuff, um, there was the big three when I was a kid. Right. There was Tool, Corn, and Rage Against the Machine. Right. Those are the three bands we all loved. And then Corn kind of peeled off. Then Rage Against the Machine broke up. And then Tool just kind of. Tool does whatever Tool does. Yeah, Tool does what they want to do. They're making a new album. I can't wait to hear it. You know, because we've been. It's been. It's been a solid ten years. Maynard, he he's constantly doing other stuff too. Yeah, I hate Tool. Pucifer. Why? Pucifer. Pucifer. I'm. They've literally never done a song I've liked. I just don't like them. And it's you know it's. Sorry, I tried. I really did. Um, and I feel like in in that on that spectrum for rock as a vague term, I feel like one end of the fandom spectrum is Tool, the other end is Clutch. Okay, because that's Tool, a great fucking song. Tool went, and uh, I don't like that song <clears throat> because so many. People on the bar scene would cover <laughs> that song. Yeah, it's true. And I get okay. I and get that. And I don't. Yeah. I don't mean like with a band. Like you should. I mean like just a guy with a guitar is uh, sitting on a stool and in it, a redneck bar. Is he trying to do it like? Yes. That, see, I oh, can yeah. see how it would be good if like somebody worked, Lewis. worked it out in like a different way and did it in a different yeah. way. Look like how uh, Sturgill did. Um, in bloom. In, in bloom. bloom, yeah. Yeah, but like to, just to do do it exactly this way, I yeah. can't. I can, I, can remember, make sense. I can remember sitting uh, at a bar I used to work at, and a guy came in on a Thursday night open mic and was literally at the end strumming the guitar as hard as he could, which is unnecessary, by the way. Very yeah, much. Um, like just as hard as he could on a stool, throwing his head back. Screaming these fucking lyrics for four people in a basement bar. <laughs> and it was like, stop it. Creek. Stop it. Now I was many, on Capitol Street. How many Street. basement bars are there in Cabin Creek? I don't think there are basements, period, in Cabin Creek. Well, um, well, how about this? How about in the um, hastily constructed center block homes of Cabin right. Creek? How many fucking of those downstairs areas that, uh, are bars? I pass at least three going to fucking work every day. Right. Going up to Cat Dairy Coal to repair their la- their their lot their rail, you know. Right. And we passed a bunch of them and they had their ABC license and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how the fuck did awesome. you do that? That's libertarianism, son. It is. I get it. But who the fuck would go there? I don't know, man. Cabin if like, Creekers. If you like the guy that owns the joint. There is. <laughs> like the guys used to come out and always get in fights every time at, at, there, at Hooters. There is an inherent idea and I know this from how I grew up and the people I grew up around um, there is an inherent idea that st- you know staying at a bar like a uh, new place down the road here yeah, yeah okay? it's done it's finished well I, th- I thought night moves was done oh night moves. okay yeah. night moves sorry it's okay. an antique store now yeah. yeah so so night moves and new place both sat there you guys want a beer? You know, it's Friday night. Y'all go down to Night Moves, right? Mm-hmm. Just down the road from the house. Um, somebody somewhere is like, oh, hey, such and such is happening down in Charleston. Somebody somewhere is like, I don't go downtown. 
those downtown bars aren't for me. Blah blah. Because you live far enough away from town that you're it's a risk. That which well, it's, it's not a risk. I don't mean like with driving home or anything like that. It's your lifestyle is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And when you go downtown, you are going to encounter people who don't agree with how you were raised. Right. And you're out drinking, having a good time talking, and eventually there's always that chance that somebody is going to be like, you know what? Yeah. Fuck that shit, blah, blah, and you wind up getting in a fight. And so there's an, this inherent belief that going downtown, that's where the city folk are. That's where the liberals are. Whatever. Right. You know, that's where the black folk are. What right. the fuck ever. You, so you just don't go. And that's how a bar like up Cabin Creek, for instance, thrives because they don't want to leave the holler. Right. And also, it's a straight stretch to your house, probably. It's, you, there's no turns. Mm-hmm. There's no nothing. You got to make it six miles without seeing a cop. And in a place like that, cops aren't out very much at night unless right. they're called. Or at all. Right. Oh, my town My town went a year and a half with not having cops after 7 p.m. at night, which, I mean, just screams safety. <laughs> Especially in the peak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, parents, my parents' house, no shit, my parents' house got broken into. Um, and they stole uh, two of my dad's pistols, $800 in cash couple of things that I can't remember, and literally almost every bit of jewelry my mom had, except for what she wore to work that day, which my mom's not gaudy, but she has tons of jewelry from her grandmother, my great-grandmother, yeah, yeah. when she passed Heirlooms. Away. Yeah. And then she has jewelry that, you know, somebody's gotten her that, that you know, maybe she just wears to church or whatever, you know, because that's what white people do. Um, and five o'clock, I pulled into the house. I was sitting on the porch. And mom comes in about 5.15 and says, calls me and says, where are you? I said, I'm over at the house. She said, well, we got broke into. I'm like, I'll be over in a second. So I walk over and the house is tore all to hell. She called 911. God. At, um, and she said, I want to report a break-in, blah, blah. I need an officer over here. That's at 5.25. At 6 o'clock, there's no cop there. Jesus. And my, my dad's home at that point, you know, um, and my dad's like, call him back. And he said, call, call Metro again. So she calls and says, well, man, we've, we've got an officer in route. There's just, you know, there's some time constraints. And she literally, that's all she would say. At 830, Metro called my house and said, uh, there's no officer in your area. There's not going to be an officer on duty in your area until nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Jesus and Christ. my my dad literally went. They have two of my guns. Like, what do I do if they go out tonight and kill somebody, and then that comes back to me? And I had explained to my dad. I said, "There's actually not a national handgun registry like that." I said, "They, they don't have access. That's 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 a TV bullshit thing. Mm-hmm. There's not actually <laughs> one of those." Um. I was like, but if they take them and pawn them, you can track them to the serial numbers and stuff like that. So I told him we'd go to like, you know, the pawn shops down the street the next day or whatever. But uh, he's like, no, no. He said, I'm not worried about that. He said, but he goes, I loaded the gun. He said, so my fingerprints are on the casings and such. And so dad was like, oh, I didn't think of that. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. And I was like, that person's fucking dead. And there's just the casing there. They're going to mm-hmm. fingerprint the casing, and then it's going to be like, oh, John Frampton. Like, mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. My dad killed somebody, finally. <laughs> Long um, overdue. <laughs> but, yeah, there's just for a year and a half, my town, you know, a two-mile-long town with that can't figure out why it can't have residents or businesses. Um, just nine in the morning, 
to 6 p.m. That's the only time you have cops. So from so they get an hour lunch break. Yeah. So from <laughs> so from 6 p.m. to you know 8:30 a.m. Not even a uniformed officer at City Hall. Jesus Christ. Now that's stopped now, but and that was the time too where instead of addressing issues in the town like the the you know, the people there thought they were addressed. Our new mayor decided that she, she, by the way, because, you know, Boo. Yeah, woman's rights. Get in the kitchen. Uh, woman. She thought that it would, it would improve town morale by having like yard of the week and things like that. If your yard looked good, you'd get a little, get a little notarized uh, certificate and you'd be featured. That's a nice idea. Oh, it's a great idea. It is. But I mean, who's got time to landscape when you're being attacked by bandits? <laughs> <laughs> So basically, it was the Wild West for thirteen hours. Every no, day. I like to I like to consider it more ma- a Mad Max scenario. Oh, okay, I like no, that too. No. Look, let's be honest about it. The cold docks and Marmat are the wall that keep the goddamn Mongolians <laughs> out of our town. <laughs> oh, if the Mongolians wanted in, they'd get in. Oh yeah. Oh, they're wildlings then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah could be I'm all about building a wall. China built a wall two thousand years ago. They still ain't got no Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh shit. Um, where was I going to go after that? I don't know. Anyway, did you guys uh, see the uh, leaked transcripts of Trump's uh, <laughs> telephone Come calls? On. Don't tell him I'm not going to pay for it. Mm. Did you see them? I haven't read them. I've heard about them. I've also uh, heard that through those transcripts, they have found that over three quarters of the he called me and he said, blah, blah. Those calls never happened. Yeah, there's right. bullshit. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. completely. It's, do you remember the South Park episode where Cartman was selling baby parts? And You're breaking my balls here, Jeff. That, You're breaking my balls. That is Donald Trump's negotiating technique. I understand. Uh, this is going to make me look terrible. You really put me in a bind here. There's just stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and that why should those people give a. F- you know, beef. <laughs> beef. Beef. <laughs> beef. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> I just to really get that one. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you something about beef, dude. <laughs> Prime cuts, <laughs> Trump steaks, brother. You can cut it with a the butter knife. The steaks have never been higher. <laughs> I just raised the steaks. <laughs> You've seen the commercial, right? Yes. And he, put, and he did so literally put those back to back, like two steak puns. I know he really did. <laughs> Uh, can we double up on the steak puns here? <laughs> Some, for somebody Have you heard the turkey puddle? legs thing? Okay. I don't think so. He went, they were on the Opie show. They were talking about how one of their friends was a writer for uh, some comedy show or something. And he starts the story like this. All right. So Donald Trump can't read. So... <laughs> He's, I like it already. He said, here's the lot he's supposed to say. Hey, nothing going on here. <laughs> hey, let's get out of here. Turkey legs? Like say <laughs> so he said, Donald Trump said, I'm just gonna do it the way I say. Can I do it the way I say? They're like, yeah. He's like, let's get out of here, turkey legs. <laughs> He didn't see the comma or right. the question mark. Right. He just called his daughter turkey legs because it was his daughter, I think it was Ivanka, the fucking skit with him. Right. And she how hot is Ivanka, though? She is hot. Totally. To but she's also fucking thrash complicit. her gash. No, she is not complicit. Is she not? No. 
Ivanka has this there's, there's this idea behind Ivanka that she is the one that keeps him in, in that check. keeps him in check. Nobody keeps that fucking check. Here, here's the thing though. Uh I think she's just I think she's planting the seeds for a power grab once. So well, she's going to stage a coup. Like she's she's got something going on because if you listen to her in interviews, she is She's very calm, very soft-spoken, but she's also the vaguest person I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Trump she, does that, too. Yeah, oh, he does it, but- He's probably not as good. In, in an aggressive manner. He does it in an aggressive manner. Like, he insults the person that he's being vague against. He's yeah. like, he's a loser, but I can't tell you how great it's going to be when this happens. And she's just like, I think people, uh, people are really going to be amazed at- the progress we're going to make through what we're doing, the things we're doing are are uh, look at my tits, excellent. Yeah, you know, we 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 have a lot of people uh, looking into a lot of different things that can be done, and I'm like, you're not saying anything. <laughs> you are simply stating that people are doing <laughs> things. things. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. My favorite thing from the from the call with the. Uh, the Beaner guy, the Mexican president. Right. Yeah, that was playing in the background the whole time. <laughs> the, hey, uh, Very distracting. Uh, quick, quick note, I went to um, I went to uh, a flea market in uh, just outside of Cincinnati in one of the uh, climbing up the list. Real quick, give a shout out to Middletown, Ohio. Do it in my <laughs> radio announcer's voice. Shout out to the town and all the people inside of Middletown, Ohio as they skyrocket literally to the skies at the number one spot of being the most heroin addicted small town <laughs> in America. Huntington, West Virginia, watch out. They're coming for you. Call us with a phrase that pays to win two tickets yeah. <laughs> to the methadone clinic. Yeah. Here's George Clinton with Welcome to the Thunderdome. Um, Here's Guns N' Roses with Mr. Brownstone. Yeah. Did you get it? We did. <laughs> did you get it? We did. <laughs> right here on WJKK, the only thing to listen to when there's nothing else on. <laughs> but he, uh, he basically just told the uh, Mexican president uh, that he doesn't really care about them paying for the wall. He just wants people to think they're going to pay right, for the wall. It's right. all about optics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all about aesthetics. But that's uh, the. No, that's why Donald Trump's smart. Yeah, that's why. He's smart. He's a smart guy. He's fucking smart. You don't become a millionaire without being smart. That we've just done. <laughs> right. Right. That's been dueling Donald Trump supporters by Dutch dueling and dipshits. <laughs> On Dip Shittington here. <laughs> On NPPFR. Reporting live. <laughs> Look here, look here. My name <laughs> is Cleet Sanderson. Oh, shit. Cleet Sanderson's Cleet, back in Cleet place two returned. years. And there's three things <laughs> I know better than anything else in this here world. What's the first one? Karaoke at a basement bar in a holler. Yeah. Number two, getting jacked up on gas station dick pills and banging truck stop hookers. <laughs> and number three, the most important thing of all the things I'm telling y'all here today Donald Trump, goddamn genius. <laughs> <laughs> Cleet, you, you seem to have come down the world since the Oregon thing. Have you? Uh... Well, you know, sometimes you got to get out there and see things. <laughs> and I saw a lot of things. <laughs> people were talking about the things, weren't the, they? Pe- people talked about the things. You know what else people talked about? What? How Donald Trump's goddamn genius. <laughs> because Donald Trump is a man. That took that Muslim out the damn Oval Office, and we're going to make it to prosperity, boys. (laughs) 
I'm not playing my favorite song. Wait, 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 wait for it. Do, do, do. That right there, that's good. That's good riding right there. <laughs> bang a ding, ding, ding. <laughs> bang a ding, ding, ding. <laughs> bang a ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Don't ask him about nothing. Let him play, boy. Beef. 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 Bang a dang 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 Did you did you escape getting shot at the uh, at the standoff there in Oregon? I don't think you understood me. Uh, I don't think you did. <laughs> and look here, look here. That's, that's Bart Reynolds talking. In that car. Down to Reynolds. Whatever happened to him? Well, I, I think he did pretty good for himself. Yeah, he did all right. He really did. Yeah, after, after evening Jarvis. shade. Yeah. Where did After evening shade, I just what sort of fell off. Piece of shit <laughs> Terrible. My parents you, loved it. You, you know what a show is that I, I really miss, and I'm amazed that someone- the Greatest more than, American hero? No, well, the kind of- um, I miss two two seven. I miss moonlighting. <laughs> I liked the moonlighting when I was moonlighting a child. Moments. I was amazed that Bruce Willis became the juggernaut that he did. Like they were like, "Oh my god, yeah, die hard!" And then they were like, "Oh, Hudson Hawk!" And I was like, "Nobody cares about Hudson Hawk." <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. But Hudson they were Hulk doing, was not great. They were doing all that shit, and then it was like, "Yeah, you remember he was on moonlighting, right?" <laughs> he was on moonlighting. It's I want you to watch it. Curtis Bugger Armstrong. That's true. Apparently, uh, Bruce Willis is. Well, I mean, they are. I showed you the trailer the other day. They're making a, a new Death Wish. Yeah, I saw that. Eli Roth is directing it. Right, and I like Eli Roth's I fucking shit. Um, I just do. You think it's gonna get the sequel level that the, like, Charles Bronson shit did? Well, what happened with those <laughs> Death like, Wish Ten? Well, they they made the first ones in the seventies, right? And like those were really really good. Yeah, the the, the first two were awesome. You know, and Jeff Goldblum got to start in one of those. Did it as a random street thug? I swear to Christ, you can look it up. Huh. And there's this movie studio, and I've watched the documentary about him, and it's fascinating. And they just pumped out whatever they could. They did Breaking Breaking Two. What right? is this? Golden Globus? I forget the name of the. F- it's it's a uh, it's a documentary probably on Netflix. No, it's not Golden Globus. It's um. But they pumped out all those fucking uh, war movies like with fucking. Uh, Chuck, they, they were ch- big in the Chuck Norris game. Yeah, they were. Big Chuck in- Norris would go into war uh, with a weird one strip of fabric bandana yes. and a vest. Yes, and he like, had to find his own weapons. And, and like he'd have, a, but then he'd get the biggest weapon he could find. Yeah, and then he'd throw it down and break somebody's neck. Yeah, he'd he'd have like black cargo pants on. Yeah, you know, with a thousand pockets, but nothing in them. <laughs> there, that studio. I forget what the name of it is. They're the ones that did. Like uh, Death Cannon. Wish three. Cannon Films. Cannon, Cannon yes. Films. Death Wish 3 through 97. How, right. Didn't how they do Cobra? They did Cobra, too, didn't they? Uh, probably. I think they is did that the, with the Stallone? Stallone. It's what, his favorite movie. It, what, I used to that, watch that, it twice a day. Is, is that where the, they're, they're doing the race and you get points for killing people? Is that? No. Cobra's the one where he's a cop, Marion Cobretti. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> Brigitte Nielsen is just uh, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> Brigitte Nielsen was there's, a die. She was. There's one somewhere. Eight I don't, feet there, tall. There, there's a movie somewhere. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Um, I think Stallone's in it, and like it's a race across the country, and it happens every year. 
It's like supposed to be in the future, of course. Cannibal Run? No, no. That, that, no that, those, the, in those, which way you can. <laughs> those movies were actually good. Um, Jim Neighbors? Yeah. But, uh, there's, there's a that race man a- had a voice like an angel. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a race across the country, and like you could score points by killing pedestrians and other drivers. Oh, neat. Like a, Death Race? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a death race. It might be. I know there's a death race series of movies. Yeah, no, no, not that. It's not the death race shit that Jason Statham did, the original one. Um, Jason Statham. Yeah, but th- th- he's they do it. amazing in Spy. Have you seen that? Let me tell you something. Jason Statham. Let me is, tell you something about Jason Statham. Dude. He is, he's amazing in any movie that was not filmed for American audiences. Because yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jason Statham is a legitimate actor. When he's doing that, when he did things before train spotting and, you know, after, before he became an he action was, he guy. He wasn't in train spotting. Um, what the, what, uh, Lock, 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 I'm sorry. It was, it was on my brain that train spotting too, because I was looking at it, uh, yesterday. I was like, I'm going to watch that the first chance I get. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen the first one. Oh, dude. Does that make me a fag? A little bit. It's a rough one. You fucking queer. It's a fucking rough one, man. Should I start sucking dick now? Um, I'll tell you one thing. You don't want to go fucking Scott with that. You I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck okay. dick. No. Here's here's one for you. Um, how well did you react to the ending of Requiem for a Dream? I masturbated. Okay, then you'll be fine on Train's body. <laughs> because Train's body can be just as fucking depressing as that movie. That movie's a bummer. Except for the fact that all the characters in Train's Botting actually act like they might have a fucking pair in real life, opposed <laughs> to tra- to Requiem for a Dream, where the only two people I think are actual normal people are the Wayans and Shooter <laughs> McGavin. <laughs> <laughs> B excited. B have you have you seen uh, Requiem for a Dream? I know that it uh, might be too much for you. I think it probably would. Oh my god! Oh, it's it's awful. It is awful. A very and I good know movie. I yeah, it's wonderful telling story. Uh, wonderful storytelling. Yeah, fucking awful though. And I know this because this is no shit. Um, back in the old Hootie A days, uh, Hootie A's, <laughs> Hootie A's, <laughs> Um <laughs> I'm going to go look at Titty Shack. <laughs> you want to. If it's, if it's not a site, we should make it one. Uh, um, a couple of guys that worked in the kitchen with me got an apartment right across the street. And after work, like there was that, you know, that group that would go. And this was after you'd left. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a group of us that would go over and smoke and drink and hang out and you know, just do whatever. Every fucking day when I'd get off work and go over there, they would be watching Requiem for a Dream. I mean, like 10, it's 10 not 12 that type of movie. It's like 10, 12 days straight, they would watch it. And like the fifth or sixth day, I come in and I was like, I'm not coming back until this stops. It's like, this is awful. I was like, you guys are sitting here getting intoxicated on numerous different things, watching a movie about the downfall of addiction. I was like, it's, I don't. I don't get it. Who and directed that? I don't know, but I know that it makes me hate. There's nothing else to that sentence. It just makes me hate. Oh, Record um, Dream does. Yeah. It's dude. It's yeah. Well, what's what's the gist? I mean, well, how does it end? Uh, the drug induced utopias of four Coney Island people are shattered when their addictions run deep. You get to see um, uh, what's her name from uh, the puppet movie. Yeah, who, who is Jennifer who is Connelly? It? Yeah, Leto, Ellen Burstyn. They Arnofsky. do the double double dildo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Darren Aronofsky. She, she, yeah. she gets she gets into prostitution, of course, and like doing sex rings and stuff to fuel hers. Let uh, Leto and Marlon Wayans wind up in a fucking basically an internment camp of a prison. Yeah. Um, Let Leto loses his arm from infection. Uh, what's what's the mom? Ellen the, the, Burstyn. Yeah. 
she, she's on these fucking diet pep pills and everything to go on this. She watches this, infomercials all day. Yeah. And, and so she, she's susceptible to them. She's yeah. She gets to that and she gets these diet, and these little pep pills and everything. And she's, it just, it winds up you know, giving her a weird psychosis and she loses her mind. And, uh, She's she's waiting for the call to go on this game show that old Shooter McGavin hosts. <laughs> uh, he's just, awesome in it. I can just see this in the panorama of this building. And it, yeah, yeah, it's not for me. And there's and it, I think I think the worst part of it is when she goes into the the deal where she like the the mom towards the end there has the episode where she she thinks she's on the game show and everything is picture perfect and it's great and it's like the reward for being a good person and waiting and like Leto's there because he's her son in the movie or her grandson it's one or the other yeah well, well one or the other because she's she's got some age on her and yeah, like they, they don't old as fuck yeah the, the, they don't they don't try and like dress it up like she's 40 you know but uh he's there and he's clean and sober and good looking and everything and uh, and then like at the end she's actually like in a fucking nut house somewhere or whatever you know and Spoiler alerts! Probably should have said that to anybody listening. It's a twenty-year-old movie. Yeah, I think we'll at least right. fifteen. Still, yeah, oh no, no, it's it's that's two thousand one, probably. Yes, yeah, so I think 16 so. Years. Fifteen, sixteen years. Fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, two thousand, two thousand. Okay, so yeah. Um, I would say point three rating though. It's but yeah, it's it's rough. But uh, back to Jason Statham, which is something I enjoy talking about. Jason when I say Statham. this right here. He's like he does. Movies that were filmed over in England or like filmed in Australia, you know, and and half the time, yeah, he's like an ex marine or something, right, right. you know, an ex royal guard or what the fuck ever. Um, but they're they're not as in your face as American action is, and he's he's a legit. He's not a thespian by any means, but he's a legit actor. Like he's been on a couple of funny movies before they got him in funny. Like it took him fifteen years to figure out the guy had good comedic timing in America. Oh, flawless, he's really it's, good. Yeah. I, I was like, it's because he gets it. He fucking knows his strengths and weaknesses as you know an actor. And they would do the things with him there, and then they brought him here, and we just went, holy shit, he's a high kicking karate monkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in Spy, and he plays the sp- the high kicking karate monkey. Y- yeah, but he's just—he's really intense, and, yeah. he, and he keeps on telling Melissa McCarthy shit he's done. He's like, <laughs> one time after an unsuccessful assassination attempt, I pose convincingly as Barack Obama, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, in blackface. That's not appropriate. <laughs> I've had this arm torn off and sewn back on by this arm. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps on saying shit like I that. I need to watch this movie. If, if it's he's it's fucking hilarious, dude. It's my, a uh, it's a Paul Feig, you know. Yeah. He's, oh yeah, he's, my, he's my, the my one that ruined Ghostbusters. Huh? My, my my thing with it is like I, I kept <laughs> I had to. Ghostbusters. Yeah, well that movie wasn't good, but the original Ghostbusters it doesn't take the shine off of it any. So no, you can't. Well, here's I mean, a, here's the thing with it too. You know, when, when you're when you're going to do something like that, and you, you when you're going to reboot, okay, and I, I'm hoping that the public backlash to it and the fact that it wasn't good enough to be a major release. And be considered, you know, canon in the line with it. You know, I hope that keeps them from rebooting other things. Like, I think they saw the writing on the wall with that thing they're doing with Jumanji. Yeah. They're not rebooting Jumanji. They're just making a different version. They're making a different version of it and updated. Because let's be honest about it. It would be hard to get kids, which is what that's aimed at, to be involved with a movie now that is about a board game. Right. You know, because, I mean. It could be an app. 
Yeah, it's well, it's it's a it's an old computer game. Mm-hmm. Is how they get sucked into it on this. Well, they they rebooted uh, the Planet of the Apes. And yeah, it's with, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though: they rebooted the Planet of the Apes before <laughs> uh, once, and it was awful. I thought yeah, it was okay. Tim Burton was a piece of shit. I it liked it. Terrible. Like it's it. you know what though? Not gr- I don't like it for the reasons you might think I like. It. If if you if you go and read about it, it's the same. It's it's in the same vein as why Tim Burton walked away after the second Batman. But instead of them sitting down with him and saying blah blah, we're gonna make it cleaner so McDonald's can sell toys. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> McDonald's they, ain't selling no toys on these new ones. No, no. They, they, and if they do, there's something disturbing about her. Man, I, I know. I can't wait to get that Woody Harrelson action figure and Happy <laughs> Meal. It makes him look so badass. He's outside shaving with a knife. Yeah, which is just just looking over everything they've got. And he's like, Good to have <laughs> um, it's a great movie. I still, I'm not yeah, it's it's, it's really good. Um, but Steve Zahn steals it. Steve, Steve Zahn's. Awful, and that is the only. I love it. That I is love the, it. That is the only time. <laughs> that is the only time in my entire life where I didn't turn a movie off because he was in it. It's Steve's on ruins movies. I liked. I liked his character. I, that's fine, but <laughs> it was adorable. I've I've had this conversation with other people. If you if you were to get any any actor who leans toward comedic performances. <laughs> Even some stand-up comedian out there in L.A., you could have gotten any no-name to play that character, and it would have been fine. Yeah, you're right, but still, as soon as yeah, it did sort of take me out of it because as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, Steve's on. Yeah, yeah, I hate Steve's on. No so doubt much. about it, that's Steve's on. I hate, I have hated Steve's on powerfully. It sounds personal. Like, did he fuck your mom? No. <laughs> um, but like, I just didn't like him, and then. Uh, and it's part of Adam Sandler's fault too. The, the movie where they're like a like a, a wildlife strange wilderness, sh- strange wilderness. <laughs> that shark though. <laughs> that's that's the entire reason people went to see it. That was in the preview of him just going. <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, it's going to be hilarious." That movie actually doesn't end. It's still going right now. No, if you go, they're. They try and tie up the end of the, like they do all this stuff that ends the story, and they go back to the office with all the footage and everything. And they're and Jeff Garland is the studio guy that's trying to you know they're trying. He's to always a show. studio guy. Jeff yeah, Garland's awesome. Jeff Garland's yeah, so I like good him, though. Yeah. But Jeff Garland's there, and they're talking about it. And in the middle of a line, Jeff Garland just starts laughing. And it literally does the bloop, like the little blip, and just goes away. The movie doesn't fucking end. <laughs> At the as they filmed that movie, somebody went. There's no, we're not this. We're not doing anything. This is just, how are we going to end it? And they were like, fuck it. We already got their money if they're this far in. <laughs> and it just like it's just he just he just starts cracking up in the middle of a fucking line of dialogue, and they all start laughing, and the movie goes off and starts running like edited out clips. It's. I was like, "This Steve's on. I hate you. This is." But Steve Zahn didn't make that decision. But he's in Saving Silverman. He's one of the diamonds. He's, he's, he's one of the diamonds in the rough. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> he's in Saving Silverman. And Saving Silverman. Saving Silverman is really good because it does three things. It shows you. Now, now, now. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Saving Silverman does three things. It shows that Jack Black 
is always going to be around in some kind of capacity. <laughs> because, like, it really showed that, like, even though the movie wasn't about him, he could make you go, oh, he is this character, but he's still Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. just All like right. in Orange County. He was- yeah. Um, and it made you see that Jason Biggs was a rapidly falling star. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's like, mm, that American Pie shit, kind of, it's gone, pal. Sorry. Um, he just has a face. That- you were in the yeah, first. He's, he's Jim. He's always going to be Jim. Yeah, like, you, know, you, but- you were in the first three episodes of Orange is the New Black, and they literally wrote you out so people wouldn't go, fuck a pie. <sighs> he was um, in one episode of this season for like a half a second, like in yeah. a flashback. But uh, mm-hmm. and and the fa- and uh, I, th- I find and that kind of sad. The third thing that it showed is that Steve Zahn is fucking awful. <laughs> I like him. Um, th- th- there's a, th- there's a movie with him and Martin Lawrence where they're mall security guards, and he has a mustache, and it made me hate mustaches for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there's a movie what where if he starts doing stand up comedy. You're like, I quit. Oh, I'll kill him. God damn it! I will kill him. I'll, I will. I'll, fi- I'll find him. I'll make a movie about me finding him and killing him. <laughs> Um, finding Steve. Yeah. <laughs> finding Zahn. Um, there's a movie Instead with of finding everything Zahn. Every- yeah. Yes! Oh my God, we're making a movie! <laughs> Somebody get that gun. The devastating story about one man's quest to kill Steve Zahn. On my way. Everything's on. Everything's on. I don't think so. <laughs> it over. <laughs> Last night at the bar. Everything's uh, on. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there working and somebody played the fucking jukebox between bands and uh, it was um, uh, Beast of Burden. And, and and we're sitting there going, this cheese is lava, my mouth is burning. <laughs> and it was, my pizza's burning. Yeah. We, were saying, we were redoing it, and I was like, somebody write this down. <laughs> Everything's on. <laughs> Beef. 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 Jesus Christ. Beef. I wanted to play something. Okay. Something I found. Huh. I can't seem to find it now. Anyway. It, 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 anyway. Which is code for go to hell. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I know I haven't. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's. It's, it's, to the people listening, it's nothing. It's just a Bone Thugs and Harmony song. I don't want to miss everybody. I don't want to miss everybody. I miss my Uncle Charles, y'all. <laughs> there was like a, there was something on here I looked at. Now it's gone. Oh well. Yeah. Right. For, for those of you listening at home, without the the you know uh, the the delight and uh, benefit of optical sensories. Um, shout out to blind people. That was Bone Thugs and Harmony being done by the Sesame Street Muppets. Yeah, the monsters. Still- I think it was only the monsters, wasn't it? Might have been. Have Have y'all seen like how the Muppets are doing viral videos, like just to, to keep yes. them okay? And, and I think that's a really good idea. I think because it, it 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 opens a whole new generation of kids to the Muppets without having to like. Do the Muppet show and all that, you know, like they were doing. Um, but have you seen where the Swedish chef and Gordon Ramsay have a food truck battle? Oh my God, that'd be fantastic. It's the, there, you know, because almost everything that involves the Muppets being out, not in their little studio, is like, oh, they're in that big bus on the road doing something. Well, they had stopped um, 
like for a bathroom break and there was a food truck festival going on. And so the thing starts out and Kermit's rounding everybody up and they're like, oh, only person we're missing is a Swedish chef. Does he not have a real and name like Carl? The, the, yeah. The Swedish <laughs> Carl, chef. Carl, the Swedish uh, chef. It's his name. But uh, they, they're like, well, what, where is he at? And like he has set up his own thing and he's like, he's making Swedish meatballs and all this. Yeah. And it shows him like the, the Miz is in it in the line, and he winds up getting awesome. mad at him. Um, but he's he's doing these things, and then all of a sudden, this black food truck pulls in, and it's got like big pipes on it and skull. It's like the skull has Gordon Ramsay's hair. Iron Man starts playing, and it's got uh, a knife and fork because the crossbones, <laughs> and it's just this evil looking food truck and. Uh, I don't know the character's name, but it's the old man from uh, one of the movies where uh, he ran the Happiness Hotel. I don't know if, if the Happiness Hotel was like a rundown joint. It was like an old guy, you know, had like glasses. Was it, was it Jimmy Superfly Snooker? It was not. That, that's yeah. a guy who murders people and jumps off of cages. He's dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, his his daughter came to our bar was one classy time. Really nice. classy. It was not. But um, <laughs> Chuck, you got a guess? What's that? Not even he's listening. Not paying attention. He's nope. phone look, boning. Looking at his phone. He's over there no, phone it, No, uh, this was something I wanted to bring up on the show. Just bring it up then. Oh, so, oh, after should, this story. Uh, should, should, should after stop, this story. No, no, no. I'll stop talking about the joy that is the Muppets. Feel free to bring up whatever the no, fuck no, you're talking I mean, about. You fucking piece of shit. Legal weed states tell Jeff Sessions their programs are working. He might crack down anyway. That's the headline. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's anyway, the Muppets. stupid. Okay. I mean, we're talking about puppets, so. Muppets! Yeah, it's not. Don't you fucking ever refer to them as puppets. Dad, what's a Muppet? Well, it's not quite a puppet and it's not quite <laughs> a mop. mop. So, in answer to the question, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but they, they, they do this thing and then the truck pulls up and this guy goes, he goes, oh, you better look out, stranger. That's Chef Gordon Ramsay and you're in his spot. Ooh. And everybody's like, ooh, and says, the only way to settle this is a food truck fight. And fucking the Swedish chef goes, and the guy goes, that's right, Fjordhurfer. <laughs> and so th- th- they each get a get a helper. And Swedish chef pe- picks Beaker. <laughs> of course he picked yeah. Beaker. And um, Gordon Ramsay's standing on the on the the like the little platform of his truck, and he looks around. and He goes. Take the big guy, and he points, and it's the big monster, Sweetums. Yeah. And he goes, oh, really? He goes, oh, I'm so happy. He goes, well, my name's Sweetums. He goes, no, it's not. It's get, your name's get in the truck and start chopping onions. <laughs> and so they're in there, and they're doing that. And the whole time, Gordon Ramsay is yelling at Sweetums, and he goes, it's bleeping on fire, blah, blah. And Sweetums goes, why do you say bleeping so much? And he goes, because bleeping kids are watching. This is the Muppets. And I was like, fucking Gordon Ramsay, I love you. I like Gordon Ramsay too. Yeah, he's, he's good. I always thought that him, the best show ever, though, would be him and John Taffer trying to take, oh, a, take, to take a boar <laughs> egg fighting. <laughs> it's the, 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 shut it, shut it out, the, shut it, shut it out. The thing I love about uh, Gordon Ramsay is how angry he'll get, like when somebody's you know when somebody's fucking something up, you know, yeah. he'll be like, "Yeah, you're, you're fucking stupid," blah blah. But if you then if you watch him on. Uh, the next top chef or whatever Something it is like they that, do, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's he's a little rude, but he doesn't scream, he doesn't cuss, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's not him training chefs and everything. But then if you watch a clip of him making something, 
Like there's, uh, I actually use his recipe on buttermilk fried chicken because it looks so goddamn good. I was like, man, that's I'm gonna put that in there. It's that's a good fucking recipe. But uh, like when he's explaining, like actually doing a cooking segment, showing it, you can hear how passionate it is he is about food in his voice. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're a personality, yeah. But you, when it gets down to it, you do enjoy being a chef. Like that's mm-hmm. why you're doing this. You're just making more money because you're charismatic and can do this, All right? Yeah, I think that, uh, that like all those guys. Well, maybe maybe not like Guy Fieri. But he was never a chef. He's just a guy that likes food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ga- guy. yeah. Guy Fieri was never an actual chef. He got on singing for Smash Mouth. He got on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he got on Food Network All Stars or, or whatever the fuck that is, and he was charismatic. And he he has no culinary background at all. He's what about sure. that? What about what's what's the the guy who would eat the Man versus Food? Yeah, uh, Adam, Adam, Adam Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, God. I'm not sure if he's a, a chef either. He, he he worked in restaurants. He had held like he, he he would say in the opening of Man vs. Food, he's like I've held almost every job in the restaurant industry. You know, so I don't think he went to culinary school. But they showed the um, they showed an episode one time of how they picked him, and he said I just described what I was eating right, and he said they they liked the way because it was like a like a big thick pastrami sandwich or something up at a deli near where he lived in New York. And he said, he said, I just, he said, I, I spoke very eloquently about the massive sandwich I had, you know, he said it was a good sandwich. So of course I liked it. <laughs> um, and he said, that's, he said, that's how I got this gig. And he's like, he's like, my agent just sent me out here and was like, Hey, try and do this. And so, you know, and, I mean, yeah, he doesn't do man versus food anymore, but he does. He's got a contract with Walmart. He was going to die, I think. That's why he stopped doing it. Well, they they would take like big breaks between, and he would leave all bloated. He'd come back and look healthy, and I'm like, oh yeah, because you've been you know eating greens every <laughs> once in a while while you were off. If yeah. there's, I'm thinking about all these people in the food industry, and you how long I've been in it. If there's one person in the food industry who has not learned really anything about food, that's me. I don't really get <laughs> I can cook I don't, it. I don't give a shit. I'm like, well, that, that, oh, fuck taste. You know, I work in almost every restaurant. I deal with the clientele. Right. Like, okay, let's let's talk about Hootie's for a second. Some What's Hootie's? Hooters. Hooters. We we used to try to make it sound fancy by calling it Hootie's. We would have and you know this as well as I do. It, it's basically the hollers clear out. Right. Every Friday and Saturday. Right. And they don't care what god awful shit they're cramming down their fucking gob as long as they can chase it with ice cold beer and scream at the TV box. Mm. That's what they <laughs> at were. At their doing. TV look at the box playing the NASCAR. <laughs> that's what they did. And that's why when I would hear things like taste and all that stuff, I was like, they don't give a fuck. It, here's the thing, two things they care about. Is it on my table before I start to complain? And is it going to kill me? And well, yeah, the second but, one but is really was, not that big of a deal. But that was that was in that one there. Like when, when somebody who wasn't a regular came in and, yeah. would, and would say, hey, you know, this this doesn't taste right or whatever, blah, blah. I, I personally would t- I'd be like, oh, shit. All right. I got to do something. Because this, this right. is not against how you're explaining how you work in restaurants. No, I mean, I, but, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Chuck would storm out there and it challenged him to a fight. It's, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. Chuck would get pissed off if somebody ordered food after 7 o'clock when we closed at 11. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> Why Jesus is Christ someone sending an order in? Well, because they're hungry, Chuck. <laughs> fuck you. We've got four fucking hours before it's we 7:30. close. 7.30. What the fuck? Who eats after 7? You should be in bed. 
<laughs> that shit was hilarious. That's old. I don't do that anymore. Well, yeah, but because uh, I open restaurants. Because you work now. early. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants breakfast at seven forty five? Who is ordering food at two p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like it, it, this is and this is an honest thing too, especially at Hooters because of how much time I spent there. I would put stuff together, and if I sent it out, and somebody complimented. You know, hey man, that was a, that, that was a good filly or whatever. It's like, oh, thanks. You know, like I felt good about that. Mm-hmm. And anywhere where I did cook on a line, man, I wanted my food to get. I didn't care that it was a chain restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. except for except for B Dubs. Fuck that place. That's, yeah, that, you hated that. Place. I, that. I hated the place because of the dude that was training me. Mm-hmm. The dude that was training me, like because I came from another chicken wing restaurant, thought there was no way that I could fucking do what they were doing there because they were doing more business, more money because they had just opened like a year before. They were still fresh and new compared to, uh, I was working, I'd worked at Quaker Steak before that. Yeah. And, and fuck that place too, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I liked Quaker because of the people I worked with. Mm-hmm. I knew everybody there. Um, it, in fact, last night we were talking about it. Uh, Quaker was like somebody threw a party and a restaurant opened up. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was every fucking day at Quaker. We were just, like, we were drinking in the back. <laughs> just, I remember we were in the middle. It was the NBA, no, it was the uh, NCAA. It was Elite Eight. UConn was playing, and Tim Hoover was a server, a bartender, and he walked. Hoover, back. yeah, I love. Him. I know Tim Hoover. He yeah. he walked back through because there were those two doors uh, on the uh, kitchen. You know, there was two different ways to go in, and uh, he walked in through one, picked up something he needed for a table, and as he walked in, he went, "I said war." <laughs> and the whole line at the same time went, good God, y'all. <laughs> what is it good for? And I went, absolutely nothing. And then Hoover then that, Hoover walked to the other door. Well, see, and people looked at each other and was like, did that happen? Just without skipping a beat, we all did it. Well, see, it, it, but to be in my defense, especially with Hooters, we started out fun. Like, I worked there so many times. Yeah, it was. And, and, we, it was, and we had fun. Yeah. But then you had a bunch of owners coming in and choke the life out of it. Yeah, it, it was on the downhill. Yeah. Um, and But but my thing is, like, when I worked, if even it's a chain, you know, chain restaurant, whatever, if, if I put something out and somebody's like, hey, I r- really enjoyed that. Nice. Nice. It's the, the band. The name of the band is War. War, yeah. but this is Lit Rider. Yeah, because I couldn't find War the song. I don't know why. They have lots of good songs. They have this one. Um, isn't isn't War actually done by Fly Sly and the Family Stone? No, War is done by War. I'm sure. You sure? They also Pretty did sure. Spill the Wine. Spill the Wine's great. <laughs> Cisco Kid. Pretty sure. I'm just gonna Google War. Huh. Good God, y'all. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. I thought war did war. Edwin Starr, I think, is... That might be it. Edwin Starr, yeah. Yep. Good. Yeah! I got no service up here. Say it again! I, I think war covered the song, though. Because yeah, it was... by the Temptations. <laughs> you should, you are, are you sure it wasn't him jabbing at the band war? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Friend That's only fantastic. to the Undertaker. Boom. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, boom. No, I've worked in restaurants like uh, 
up in Cedar Point, I ran the restaurant. I ran. I ran it with a lot of dignity and, and all that right. stuff because I had control of it. You barely right. jerked off in any of the food. <laughs> Hardly. There was only <laughs> semen in the Thousand Island dressing, not the ranch, and that's not because the ranch. it requires that's it right. in the recipe. It was in the book. What do you want me to do? It's mayonnaise, ketchup, salt, and pepper, semen. Okay, <laughs> semen from an Irishman, <laughs> Worcestershire sauce, <laughs> as people say. Uh, I, no, I remember uh, my favorite uh, restaurant story with Andy Frampton is he was putting food in the window and a girl he was dating and he got into a screaming war in the middle of the foot and he called and I quote a cock juggling thunder cunt and told her to take the fucking food out because he was sick of her goddamn mouth <laughs> in the and window. Then he fucked her that night. <laughs> Also, I got pulled at, uh, there was a girl down there. Were you there when Emma worked there? Ooh, Emma. Uh, slim, blonde-headed no. girl, and she cut her hair. Uh, it was the girl that I, she she did. Remember when women were doing the weird haircut to where, it, like, the blowout was in the back? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Oh, she the, did her hair did her hair like that, and I didn't. Let me talk to the manager cut. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, didn't, God. I didn't like her, and uh, this was after the instance I'm about to tell you about, but I, I referred to her as having a haircut that looked like the day after Kurt Cobain killed himself. <laughs> I said, it looks like you stuck a shotgun in your mouth and just gelled the hair up around the hole. Um, she was just a fucking bitch for no reason other than the fact that, like, I have not I have boobs, so people need to give me money. If it, you know, that's not how she sounds, you know, fucking still. Um, but she came to the window and was bitching one day, and she said, you're going to listen to what I'm talking about. And I turned around and said, I would rather remove my hemorrhoids with a chainsaw. <laughs> Then listen to you fucking talk. <laughs> and she got pissed off. And the whole kitchen laughed. Like two or three of the girls laughed. And like a couple of regulars laughed because they heard it at the bar. And within 15 minutes, I got pulled into the office with all three managers because they were all there that day. And Heath, the guy who was our GM at the time, uh, he didn't know me very well. But Tim and Eric were, yeah. in, were in there and they knew me real well. And, uh, you know, Tim's. Eric's on, they're flanking him. Yeah. And I'm standing there. They got the door to of the office closed and Heath goes, okay, he goes, uh, this is, this is a weird instance. He said, but I'm going to ask you, uh, and I need your honest opinion. Or, you know, I need an honest answer. He said, don't pull any punches. He said, did you tell Emma in the window that you would cut her head off with a chainsaw? I said, no. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Why would I say that? And he goes, well, and I said, what I said was. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. <laughs> I said, what I said was, I would rather have my hemorrhoids removed with a chainsaw than listen to her talk. And immediately. Tim <laughs> puts his head down, but like his shoulders are heaving because he's laughing. Eric busts out laughing, and Heath just closes his eyes and takes a breath, and he starts chuckling. He goes, okay, okay, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> he goes, but do me a favor. He goes, don't get that extravagant with your conversation with her anymore. He said, because she came in here flipping shit, talking about you were going to murder her. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, the day's not over. <laughs> no, that, did I ever tell you, when I worked at Cracker Barrel, there's this guy, Jerry. Jerry. Fuck, fucking Jerry. And he he was insane. Like, he was legit insane. Right. So, he 
told management that I was going to murder him because he said he said something about money and I was going to murder him and steal all his money. And they told me, put me in the office and asked me that. I said, and I looked at the general manager. I said, are you fucking insane? Did you really just ask me that? He's like, yeah. He's like, no, I didn't say anything like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> the fuck out of here with that. Rape him. That's a different story. And, and he was just like, well, Jerry said, I said, consider the fucking source. And why are you asking me this question? That guy's insane. He's always saying crazy shit. And you're bringing him in here to ask me this question to make a big deal out of it. Fuck this. And I said, and another thing, if he's not fired today, I'm fucking walking. And I really did say that. <laughs> I love it. And, you know. That's where I, that's the period I go through where, and you know this about me. When I start a restaurant job, I work so hard and I, right. and I kill myself to do it. And that never changes. But however, my, the, the people around me, the supporting staff usually don't work that hard. Right. So it drives me insane where I have to do all the work, get none of the credit, and get they think none of the money. They think you're and, big time in them too. I bet. Maybe so. Probably. Anytime somebody works hard, uh, the people that don't work hard are cocks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And you think he's better than me because he shows up on time and does what they ask him and doesn't doesn't snort cocaine out of the fucking cooler. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, you should snort the cocaine. I did so much just ridiculous shit when I was working in restaurants. Well, remember, uh, remember. I, I guess we can't say names on here. I said Emma. You can say whatever the flying Cindy. fuck you want. Cindy was awesome. <laughs> was she a goalpost? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll talk about that all fair. Um, but I liked her. But she um, table hog. Yeah, she she really was. She but she would grab. She she would run to the door and, and she made fucking money. Yeah. What she weigh about? She a deuce, deuce and a half. No uh, table hog. <laughs> she ate tables. Yeah. <laughs> nah, she, she would she would run to the door and get hard ass work. Like yeah, she'd bust her ass, but she would come to the window. I've got so many fucking tables. These other girls aren't doing anything because you take every table. <laughs> you're, them, you're like the fat hog oh, on a she has, like a she has a god complex or something. Like yeah, a victim complex. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was one. Okay, there was a remember there was a generational shift when we worked when we started work there. Turk was there. Uh, Jackie was had just gotten out of uniform. You know all these girls, and they gave us money. Like they, because th- we made the money and the cooks mm-hmm. were part of the atmosphere and all that stuff. And they tipped us out. And, th- and I, and just to float it to see how different it was going to be. Uh, no, that's bullshit. I floated it because I thought it's a good idea that everybody shared the wealth and everybody, and those girls acted like I was going to take their firstborn. Right. They had a fucking fit, like the younger girls, yeah. because they're all fucking mercenaries. They don't believe in that's generational difference. And it was so pronounced between. Just one generation that we worked and helped each other out. And they said, fuck you. This is my shit. Mm-hmm. And you're a fucking lowly cook and you don't deserve any of the money I make. Well, that's, you know, I was I, like, well, you I, suck half the guy's dick in the fucking parking lot. You I know, had, can I get a dollar of that? Of I, the $300 I, you're I making? Had, I had the conversation, uh, one time out of Beckley. A, a girl was like, I've got, I've got seven fucking tables, blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I stopped, stop, stop right now. And I went, Counted like I like I knew how many tables were in there, but I like I was counting all of them. I said, yeah, "Okay, there's." I said, "There's 89 tables in here." I said, "That's that's what's in here." I said, "You deal with seven of them." <laughs> said, yeah, this is always the cook's argument too, yeah. and it's a good one. Yeah, I said, "You deal with seven of them." I said, "I'm not disparaging that being a server can 
60% of the time be a very hard job. I said, but that 40%, you get a lot of lay down time. It was like, when you're a cook, you constantly have to be doing something unless the kitchen's dead because then they cut you. All right. And then like, you go home. Yeah, you go home. And was like, when you're in here, when you're in here making money, you got to be working to make your money. I said, so you're dealing with seven out of 89 tables. I said, those other 82 tables, if they have people sitting at them and ordering food, I got to deal with all of them. And this was, you know, Hooters was set up as a thing where, you know, your crew was, if, if it's a Thursday night and you did, you know, you did $3,000 from, you know, six to eight or whatever, you know, cause you, I don't know, football games on or whatever. It's three guys in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a, there's a dude on, there's a dude on the make. There's a guy on the grill. There's a guy on the fryer, guy on the grill calls orders that works the window, you know, just how, just how it works. It's you know, Hooters is pretty streamlined when you're not in a major metropolitan area. You know, yeah. you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a major, like I worked in Nashville for a while. Major, you'll have eight guys in the kitchen, you know, um, but when there's three of you and you're cranking out all of what has to be given to the 12 people that are taking it to their different tables, you know, it's that one server just gets it in their mind that their workload is so heavy. And my argument always is, it's like, yeah, your workload's heavy and I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you doing it well, but you can't bitch at me because your workload's heavy, but her workload's heavy too. And so is hers. And then it's all coming to us. And I would, I would have that conversation a couple of different times at Beckley. I was like, so you go bitch about your seven tables to your seven tables because <laughs> in, this, in this window, we don't give a fuck about them. Well, to paraphrase Dusty Rhodes, what you're saying is when the servers are out there laughing and joking. Andy's in the back cooking, cooking and smoking. Maybe. Smoke. <laughs> 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 well, but my, 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 one of my favorite moments was on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, which is in the Hooters. By the way, I don't know if I've discussed this. It's a big day. Fucking chaos. In, it's the worst. In, in Hooters, from okay, morning shift isn't as bad because you're really just frying chicken wings for yeah. the go orders. Um, but when you come in at four o'clock. You need to get there at 3.45 so you can hear that, tonight we died in hell speech. <laughs> yeah, I always said that. I always say that uh, the cooks at Hooters uh, must feel what the Spartans felt at fucking Thermopylae. Yeah. When it's fun- <laughs> and that, that, boy, that, that, that fucking to-go window is the fucking hot gates. Oh, it is terrible. And you're just trying to chuck them fucking out and get them out of there. Yeah. And you got some stupid redneck coming and say, well, I ordered my chicken wings. I want them now. It's like, hey, there's a system set up and you were supposed to pick them now to yeah. pick them up. Sorry about you can't luck. fucking have them yeah. because I'm not taking these wings from this person. Yeah. But you have a spineless manager who won't tell that fucker that. Fucking yeah. Kevin. But, uh, Kevin. Fucking Kevin. Fucking Kevin. But uh, uh, no, the Cardinals and the Steelers played whatever year that was. I think it was. I think it was two thousand nine. Might have yeah. been two thousand eight. Um, Maybe ten. No, it definitely wasn't after nine because I left Hooters in two thousand nine. Um, I I, uh, I went went through my Florida debacle and uh, that came to an end. And I was like, I need to walk away from this. I said, I, I, said, I need to. I said, I need. That was when you were management, right? You went down and. Well, I was running the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, I need to walk away. I was like, I need to be me for a little bit. I was like, I don't need to worry about being in here doing this. And I almost quit the bar too. Yeah. I was, I was like, I just don't, I was, I don't want to be in public right now. Um, but, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, it's in the first quarter. We're packed. We're slammed. 
a woman walks up to the window and shout out to my old manager, Carrie, walks up to the window and says, are you the manager? And he says, yes, ma'am. Uh, how can I help you? She says, we were wondering if we could get this TV in the corner changed to uh, blah, 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 tennis. Oh, my God. And he went, uh, uh, no, ma'am, I can't change the TV right now. He goes, we're too busy. And she goes, well, we we don't want to watch football. And <laughs> in one hand and shit in the other. <laughs> See which one fills up first. He goes, I can understand that, ma'am. And he says, but this is Super Bowl Sunday. He said, every sports restaurant on the in the country is showing the Super Bowl. Um, and so everybody in here is watching it. And he said, uh, there might be people in your immediate area that are watching the same TV as you. And it's the best one they can see. He said, I can't take away the Super Bowl. It happens one year, once a year. He said, I can't take that away from them. And she looks at him with the utmost seriousness that I've ever heard behind a ridiculous statement and said, we don't care about the Super Bowl. We're Canadian. <laughs> and Carrie looked at her and went, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> he just pointed and then he turned around and started shaking wings again. <laughs> And like she stood there for a second because I was on the grill, so I was kind of like watching her. And she stood there for a second and just stared at him. And then she walked away. And they never asked for a discount on their bill or anything. I'm sure they didn't tip the server. No, God uh, no. But you know, because it's her fault. It's her fault that you know Carrie w- was you know smart, brusque. Yeah. Um. But uh, it was so funny. We don't care about the Super Bowl. We're Canadian. Fine. That's fine. You're in America. Take your fucking happy ass back to Canada and drink some maple syrup. Yeah, I was getting ready to yeah. say. It's like you're in America on the biggest sports day in American yearly history. Yeah. Even people that don't watch football watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. I, I even, the like, Super Bowl is the WrestleMania of fake sports, <laughs> yeah. all right? Because wrestling's real. Yeah. Wrestling's fucking real. Completely Damn real. It. Anyway, we've done over two hours. You guys ready to call this an episode? Uh, but we can call it whatever you want, man. I know I got to get out here in about 15 minutes, so yeah. it's good. To- oh, before we get out of here. Uh, yeah, plugs. You plugs. Got any- hold on, hold on. Chuck, okay. you got any plugs? Um, yeah, I'll be at Yuck Yucks at downtown Charleston. <laughs> Sitting in the audience eating cheese sticks. I'll be at Chuckle Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Chuckle fuckers. Chuckle fuckers. <laughs> I think that's what they call ring rats be, for, for comedians. I'll be down. <laughs> I think chuckle fuckers are comedians it, ring rats. It, it, that's it, the name it, of the episode. It is, right it is now chuckle, chuckle fuckers. fuckers. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's on is Everything's really sitting on. It's, <laughs> it's in the well. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, before we jump, you know, I'm going to tell the two people that are fucking listening. Um, uh, have you know we have over 100 million listeners. I know, but they're all bots and don't spend money. Well, they. Whatever. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, if if, beef. Uh, beef. if you are in Ross County, Ohio, on August 12th, you can see me at the Ross County Fair, which is something I'm really happy to say. Uh, the next weekend. Are you August, in the dunking booth? <laughs> I should be. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a, at, 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 at 8 o'clock on Saturday, August 12th, Ross County Fair, which is the county for Chillicothe, Ohio. Um, Lori Graves, Rob Wilfong, Nikki Winkleman, Tyler Stewart, and myself doing an hour of clean comedy. It's going to be a challenge, but I'm going to enjoy it. That's your act is you can. Yeah, yeah, I I know, I know, but I'm going to be in front of fair people, so I'm going to want to cuss them all. Uh, (laughs) Just do do Jerry Clower material. Fuck your corn dog. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to get really drunk and do Foster Brooks. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, the next weekend, August 18th, 19th, 20th, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky for the Bluegrass Comedy Fest. My sister lives there. Yeah. Tell her to come to the show. So does John Michael Montgomery. Tell her to My come sister's neighbor. to the show. Uh, and September 16th in Charleston, West Virginia, Capital City Comedy at uh, Fireside Grill. You can see me, Nick Bess. Uh, Nick Griffith, Andrew Bess, and my good friend, Mr. Dennis Piper, who has credits on Comedy Central and Bob and Tom. He is going to headline Dennis Piper's an awesome comic, man. Trying, it's uh, $5 to get into that. Yeah, Come I'm, on down. I'm not now back him. to the actual bullshitting around. With Dennis Piper. Uh, no, I'm trying to start some heat with Bob and Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we need a rivalry. We yeah, can, we you can only start heat with Tom because Bob retired. <laughs> yeah, I'm Fuck Bob you, Kivoy. Tom. Fuck Tom. I, I hate Tom I so like much. Chick, though. Yep. Chick seems like a good egg. It's, I, I feel like that show would be way better if it was the Chick and uh, Josh show. I don't know Josh. Jo- uh, Josh Arnold took over for... He's the guy who took Bob's place. What about Christy? Is she back? Christy's back, but she's on vacation right now. Mm. I hate the show, but it's the only thing on fucking radio in the morning. Podcast. I can't listen to podcasts in the, radio, in the warehouse. I don't get good service. Uh, you can download them to your phone. Well, I can, but that would take effort. And then you probably wouldn't want some of the language on podcasts to come through. Especially this one. Oh, I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I used to have a the radio dock for my Pixel, which my Pixel's broke right now. But uh, I had a radio dock for it, and uh, I would set it up, and I would uh, I'll play like fucking uh, Big Baby Jesus and shit like that. <laughs> big Baby Jesus, uh, you know what? We're going out on some. Uh, yeah, we're going out on some Big Baby Jesus. Oh, big Baby Jesus, I can't wait. Big Baby Jesus, I can't fuck that. I can't wait. <laughs> Fucking just, just ridiculous shit. And like, I work with all white people, all conservative white people, uh, most of them over 40, and they hate it. And I'll just crank it up. Like, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. Go to, go to hell. I was, I was riding on the forklift the other day playing pinky ring as loud as I could. <laughs> and like, I was like, I had my hand up on the wheel and I was just on the shifter. Like, <laughs> fuck y'all. All right. Uh, yeah. This is, I never, I didn't say what episode, well, episode 118. Ooh. You're fucking. We even did a fun employment files yesterday. We're rolling. We are fucking doing some apps, putting out content, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's right. Thanks for listening, everybody, except for Kevin. Kevin, you can go fuck yourself. You're a piece of shit. And Steve's on. Fuck you. No, I cannot support that. Everything's on. One man. <laughs> one quest. <laughs> one horrible actor. <laughs> this will be the soundtrack. It's going to be me coming across like that Western deal with the sun coming up and the horse comes up and like I'm just on a horse out in like Wyoming. Anyway, thanks for listening, you bunch of faggots. My favorite part of this song was when he says shout out to the Eskimos. (laughs) Shout out to the school teachers. Uh, shout out to uh, Marcel. <laughs> Big baby Jesus, I can't wait. <laughs> this is uh, old, dirty bad, old dirty bastard song of all time. Goodbye, fuck faces. I can't wait. 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 I can't w
Fox, Lula, Nike, Cancer, Herpes, Monk, Seizures, Diabetes, TB, if you're against me. Do die!